Ladies and gentlemen and hip-hop aficionados, y'all tuned into an all-new episode of the Rap Lab Podcast. It's your boy, the Candyman, the A-L-F-R-E to the D. And it's the one and only True G. Just call me the QG. Well, the dreads is here, y'all. So y'all know who I be, the one and only T-O. And y'all know the question. Uh, gentlemen, y'all want to remind them that question that is? Well, What's the dealio? Exactly. Yeah, what's the dealio? Word. Aha. Word up. And ain't no father like me. I am the Rev Barber MC. There we go. There we go. And for the first time <laughs> and the first time in months, all four of us is here. I'm I'm very, very glad to have all uh all three of y'all here with me because uh this topic this week is uh really conversation worthy. And but before we get into it, how how, how y'all fellas feeling tonight? Feeling great. Feeling good, man. Voltron is back together. Yes, yes. Voltron is back. We here. The whole team is here. We ready to roll, man. Yes, indeed. Uh, just, a, just a couple of announcements before we get into the topic. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, make sure to get that uh, Rap Lab merchandise. We got uh, tote bags, coffee mugs, COVID face masks, hoodies, towels, even bed sheets. Yes, bed sheets, tote bags, all that good stuff. That's at teespring.com. T-E-E, spring, like the season dot com and just search rap lap it'll come right up and uh yeah make sure uh make sure you get it before it's all gone um because the stuff is seasonal um we having a new merch drop um in a couple weeks with some different stuff on it so make sure you get it because once it's gone it's over uh also um shout outs to a friend of the show mr barry grant jr who is the host of the all even podcast for those of y'all who uh keep up with sports uh the man uh, I would say he's uh, just as good as Stephen A. Smith. So, yo, let me tell you something about this guy. I've heard I never got it. I'm, everybody knows like my situation that I've been busy a lot, but I've heard some of his episodes. He has no filter. Yo, that man <laughs> told Mike. That man told Mike Guido he didn't like his haircut. Yo, that was the funniest <laughs> thing. I'm glad I wasn't in nowhere like quiet because I bursted out laughing. He's like, Mr. Guido. <laughs> Uh, new haircut. Don't like it. <laughs> uh, but, 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 shout, but shout outs to our guy, um, Barry Grant Jr. Myself and Eric are actually on an episode that uh, that dropped this weekend, so make sure y'all go check that out. Uh, we talked about uh, the NFL playoffs, uh, the Carson Wentz situation with the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, we talked a little we talked a little basketball in the Kyrie Irving situation with the Brooklyn Nets. So uh, yeah, definitely definitely go check that out and give Barry a listen. That guy is very knowledgeable. Shout and then, uh, shout, yes, out another, yes, shout out to another, shout out to another friend of the show, Mr. Malik, the cool brother, um, the coolest brother. What the coolest <laughs> brother? What? Yeah, Mr. Malik. Shout yeah, he ho- he he hosts the uh the cool podcast, which uh airs on Spotify and Anchor. He's been doing a lot of great interviews lately, so make sure y'all y'all check him. He was on our episode where we talked about Philadelphia. Uh, he's a real good guy. And then uh, shout outs to uh, my good friend from high school, Christina. Her and the, and the crew over at the Flossy Fossy, their podcast is pretty dope. Um, make sure that y'all check that out too. And uh, shout outs to our homegirl Elizabeth, who hosts Therefore Noir. So uh, yeah, we we, we co signing a lot of podcasts here. We wouldn't co sign anything if it wasn't trash. So I mean, if it if it was trash, we would not be co signing it. So word up. Yep. And we gotta and we also gotta point out that today is MF Doom's birthday. Yep. On the last episode, we we had a moment of silence for him, so we celebrating some life. So shout out to MF Doom on his birthday. Rest in paradise, brother. You know we love you, man. And yeah, wow, amazing, isn't it, guys? 
Uh, uh, yeah, it's, man. It's, 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 it still hurts me to this day that that me man too. is no longer here. And I, and and something didn't feel right because I felt like the past few months, even before October, when they've actually when he actually passed away, I feel like there was something wrong because I did not hear much from him. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard it's hard to be a celebrity or a person of fame and and be dead and nobody nobody knows for two months. That's that's still crazy to me. But uh, I'm pretty sure we will uh, talk some MF Doom. At some yeah. point on the show, wink, wink. But um, absolutely. Getting into today's topic, ladies and gentlemen, the topic of today's Rap Lab episode is we're gonna look at uh, the dynamics of of a couple of rap groups, talk about the successes of the individual members and why some of them who didn't have success had uh, failed careers solo. So uh, why don't we start out with uh, the world's most dangerous rap group, the only rap group to ever be on the FBI's most wanted list. That got a cease and desist letter. The niggas with attitude, aka NWA. As you know, <laughs> my you boys. Stop, stop them in their tracks and show them that I am ruthless. You are but, now uh, about to witness the strength of street knowledge. So the boys yeah. straight out of Compton, everybody, and it's it's crazy we talking about this because uh, shout outs to Dr. Dre. Let's send that man some positive vibes. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he's re- out to the good doctor. Man. He's recovering. He's recovering. And uh, uh, the good doctor had a, a brain aneurysm. He was in the ICU this week. And, um, yeah, and he's yeah. going through, more, and it's more than that what he's been going through, too. So, But we don't need to mention that part at the moment. Make but. her sign a prenup, fellas. No, nah, I'm just joking. <laughs> but, uh, <sighs> but, um, but, yeah, so we talk about NWA. So, of course, everybody knows the members. You know, NWA blew up. A lot of y'all bandwagoners uh, out there didn't start messing with NWA till y'all seen the movie. But luckily mm-hmm. for the four of us. We was on that tip way before. Um, so we got um, Dr. Dre. We got uh, MC Ren, Ice Cube, Easy e and uh, DJ Yeller. So um, I know we, we touched on Dr. Dre last week when we spoke about The Chronic and we spoke about 2001. Um, but we'll go around the room and, you know, QG, since you like our resident West Coast expert, you know. <laughs> He's always saying that. <laughs> he is a resident West Coast expert. Yeah, and uh, actually, in in, a, in in another life, I was actually raised out in Long Beach, but that's another story. So, yeah. Uh, not, not only that, if, that they ever, if they ever made a biopic on Daz Dillinger, this man <laughs> could play Daz Dillinger. I'm sorry. 100%. I'm, I'm sorry, that's Gigi, funny. but that's true. Yeah, that's 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 you all the way, QG. Well, hey, listen, I, I, hey, I mean, that's cool with me. And, and, and Candyman, if they ever did a biopic, you would play Shade Shice. Oh. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Only have one music video to my name. Yeah, it, it was a hot song, though. It was. was. Oh, I but, love uh, but, uh, yeah. but, but, Q, t- t- talk, talk to us a little bit about, you know, the members of NWA. Um, NWA, what you have here, you've got Dr. Dre, who was the main producer, and, uh, DJ Yella, who was also with Dr. Dre and another group, the World Class Wrecking Crew, they produced together. Even though Dre gets a lot of credit for it, as he should, you know, Yella also was very good on the boards as well. Easy E was the financier of the group. He had no intentions of being a rapper, but the lyrics that were being written by Ice Cube, who also came in, who is who also was cool with Dre because of Sir Jinx, who was another producer, that's Dr. Dre's cousin. So Sir Jinx makes the introduction to Dre and Cube. They actually, they didn't live that far from one another. 
And Easy E was close friends with MC Ren. So that's how you got MC Ren coming in there. Ren Ren was a rapper in his own right. And, you know, Cube was in a, in a he was in a crew called uh, the CIA, which stands for Crew in Action. And uh, a name we didn't mention, uh, the DOC, who comes out of Texas. He, he was his own independent artist. And he knew Dr. Dre. So he gets brought into the fold, and now you have a collection. You have a great group of all this talent. And uh, Cube was the main ROM writer. And the stuff he was writing about, that California lifestyle, only one member of the group actually lived that, and that was Easy e So they was like, well, well, E, you know, why don't you rap? You know, the, these lyrics are actually about you and what you are. And it took a while to convince it, and then, you know, Easy e Cruising down the street in my six, my six fall. And once that came out, it was on after that. It ushered in a wave. And, you know, NWA was born. And the, the success of Easy es album, Easy Does It, really put things on the map. Even though it was an Easy E's can album. I, can I, can no, I interject just one second? Sure. Now that you bring up Easy Does It, you, you sure. know what my favorite part of Easy Does It is, right? And which is? There once was a thug from around the way. Easy. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he, had to tell, he had to tell Michelle A, bitch, shut the fuck up, get the fuck out of here while she's trying to sing. That's bad, man. Oh, man. I'm sorry. But go on. And, and you actually are easy does it. It's funny you bring that up because even though that's an easy album, who's on the album cover with easy standing behind him? Exactly. The entire posse of N.W.A. is behind. And when you look at the album liner notes, you see who, who the main writers were. And Cube was was he really put his pen to that paper on that album. And then the group album comes out, Strata Compton, which is a critical acclaimed classic. And again, Cube, D.O.C., Ren, Dre on the boards, you know, Easy e being the front man. This is where the problem kind of starts because now you're looking at it as Easy E and NWA when it's really supposed to be a collective group. And I actually found out there was a little tension with Cube because everybody was waiting for Cube to come out with a solo album. It was like, when is Cube coming with a solo album? Cube was the political backbone. He was the voice. He was the driving yeah. force. He yeah. was the first ver he was the first voice you heard. On straight out of Compton. And he came in like an atomic bomb. And then all of a sudden, the main issue that happened, there was no contracts. NWA is a group without contracts. You bring in Jerry Heller. Jerry Heller comes in, Priority Records, Ruthless Records is now together, but there's no contracts. So they draw up these contracts. They want all the NWA members to sign it. Everybody signs it except Ice Cube. Ice Cube wants to take it to a lawyer. He wants to have it looked at. He did the right thing. You don't just sign something right away. And, and everybody and, was looking you, at him like he was and you, and you remember mm -hmm. the ice? You remember the Ice Cube quote that he infamously said, right? When oh, it yeah. came to those contracts, that man said, "Well, y'all eating lobster, and I'm over here eating a cheeseburger." That's right. He's like, "I'm eating yep. Burger King. Y'all eating lobsters and stuff like that." And Cube also said, "The main issue was." the money wasn't being cut the right way. Easy e came out with Easy Does It. He kept the money from that and didn't distribute it to the other guys. Then the Straight Outta Compton album comes out. 
and Easy E gets his cut from that. So Cube felt he wasn't getting paid what he was supposed to be getting paid. So he left the group. Yeah, and, oh boy. And we, that's when, boy that's when a, the drama starts. That's when and, the drama picks up. And not to mention, a star is born solo wise. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like like let me ask you guys. Um how do, how did you guys feel when Cube left NWA? Did you think NWA was over? Did you think that um I did. You thought well, it was no, NWA I, was I, done. I, I didn't. Nah. And, I, and I'll tell you why. Because yeah, Cube is gone, but you still had a talented writer in DOC to write rhymes for people. Yeah, but Cube was that voice. Cube had that like writing. He had that writing term. Like, like Cube was the back. Like, like QG said, he was the backbone of that group because he's the voice. And he, and Cube writes his rhymes. MC does too, but Easy E don't. Dr. Dre don't really don't. So you needed that help. And people said that. Well, you're gonna hear that later on on the, the disc we're gonna bring up when people was like, "Yo." NWA is not really anything without Ice Cube. I disagree because because even on um, 100 Miles for Running and Niggas for Life weren't bad. They weren't up to the standard of they weren't up to the standard of um, of Straight Outta Compton. Well, they, they were good they albums. They were, they were good albums. They were good albums, but they lost their political they, edge. Yeah. That's the thing. They lost their edge with Cube and left. That's what Cube, that's what Cube was. And this is a talent to Cube's credit because when Cube left, he left with nothing. He had to start all over again. He just had his rhymes. And thankfully for uh, Public Enemy and the Bomb Squad, they picked Cube up. And he came out with an amazing piece of work called America's Most Wanted. And, you know, tension kept brewing because, you know, NWA, they felt... Cube was a traitor, and they felt like, man, you know what I mean? His stuff is going to flop. It ain't going to work. Sorry, guys. It worked. And uh, as, as we as we previously mentioned on our beef episode, which is in the archive, I believe episode four, uh, one of my all-time favorites, that um, you, you saw what happened when MC Ren was on TV and they asked him about Ice Cube. He turned around to the, to the mural that had Ice Cube written on it. They spit on it and threw bottles and rocks at it. And then they were disses back and forth. I, I actually, NWA threw the first shot at him. Yep, yeah, they did. America's Most Wanted, he didn't diss them at all. Nope. nope. He didn't say one word about NWA. They come out with their, you know, 100 with their miles of running. They came out, they, 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 they called him Benedict Arnold. They said, you know, it's four members because the fifth couldn't make it. And then, you know, there was the incident on Yo MTV Raps. We're, and you guys are going to hear about Yo MTV Raps again on the show when we get to another group. I did my research. This also spawned the uh, incident with Dee Barnes. Dee when, Barnes. When she did the interview with NWA, and NWA was dissing Cube, right after the commercial break, they aired the rebuttal with Ice Cube dissing NWA back, where he was like, this is Ice Cube on Pump It Up. I got all you suckers 100 miles of running. I'd like to give a shout out to the DLC. Y'all can't play me. Because they did skits and stuff dissing Ice Cube. And Cube saw it already and they aired it back. So that made NWA look bad. So now, 
there's this is back and forth. It, it's it's in the beef archives. It's in the episode we talked about it with no Vaseline, and that completely destroyed NWA. Oh my God! What do so, you what, yo? Yeah. You know what the sad part about this? This is on his second album, which is to me the the best Cube album ever. Absolutely, um, death, death certificate. By the way, people, when 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 you listen to that whole album, everything's good. Me, me personally, one of my favorite records is "I Want to Kill Sam." <laughs> but it's all the way until the second to last song, and the first thing you hear is like, "I forgot to do something." Uh, right. Oh right, yeah. Right. It ain't, it ain't over, motherfuckers. motherfuckers. <laughs> Damn sure. So, when you over. hear that, we was like, okay, what's wrong with Cube? And then you be like, Ice Cube is the fight through vibes I say. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? And then, ever since he stepped the fuck off, here's right. what they think about you. Here's right. what they think about you. Just, but you see, now this causes a domino effect because now Dr. Dre leaves NWA for the same reason Cube left over mm-hmm. money. Yep. So now you got Dre as the solo act. He moves on. He goes to Death Row Records. So now you just got Easy E, MC Ren, and DJ Yella. MC Ren now has to push up and go to the solo front. Now let me ask you guys something. MC Ren's solo career. How do you guys look at that? Because he's come out with albums and he has some. MC Ren is talented. MC Ren is great. In you my opinion, what? he's great. You know. But, you know but, what sucks about what you guys think. Um. You know what sucks about that? It's it's like MC Ren is nice, but I feel like the overshadow was always Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. Yes. I feel like he was too. I, I feel like the overshadow happened. As MC nice Ren. as MC Ren is. Yeah. People weren't really. I well, as I would say, I can't say people weren't checking for him. It's just that Cube and Dre were like the most popular ones. You man, gotta look at it. You I'll, gotta I'll, look at I'll, it like this. I'll, go ahead, Al. You first. I'll, I'll tell y'all what it is. Um, I'll, after after NWA uh, uh, demise, ain't nobody checking for MC Ren. See, I, I didn't want to say. That. No, 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 no. I, see, see, I didn't listen, want to say that. That's not. I, listen, that's listen, not listen, the reason. Listen, listen, I gave Mr. Patterson a chance. All right. I gave Mr. Patterson. You got nerve to tell me about Marion? You want to call him Mr. Hey, Patterson? Hey, 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 you don't know that man to call it Marion. You don't know this know man to call him Mr. Patterson. Mr. Patterson. Hey, listen, I am being respectful. I put Mr. in front of his last oh, name. Now you're being respectful. I'm always respectful. Now, so how you diss the man and then say you're being respectful? I didn't you diss say him. Nobody, you didn't say nobody him. was checking for him. America, and, wasn't, and, America and, wasn't checking for him because how, how much did his first album sell? I'm going to tell you the problem. Right. I, wait, no, 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 that's not before, true. Before that's you tell true. us the problem, I gave Kiss My Black Ass a chance. That's his solo EP, people, uh, his first solo project. I gave it a chance. It was all right. But it I sold 2.2 million copies, so America did check for him. Man, it flew under the radar because don't nobody talk about that EP. <laughs> you have to be a fan to talk about the EP. Well, but I am a fan. With, the problem with MC Ren is marketability. You can't market a guy like MC Ren because his lyrics are too raw. That's the problem. MC Ren, we've always known him for being excessive with the profanity. As good as he is, and as good as the production may be, MC Ren, he cusses up a storm. And me and Mac have a joke where we talk about the song Chin Check. <laughs> if you ever play that song, and if you oh, ever man. find the edited version of that song, 90% of MC Ren's verse is cut. 
That's true. Because it's full of cuss <laughs> words. So MC Ren, as good as he is, and he, mind you, he is a good rapper. It's the excessive cuss words. You can't market that. And, and, and look what you just said. The name of the EP is called Kiss My Kiss Black My Ass. Black ass. <laughs> You're going to go into a record store and say, hey, can I get that EP, Kiss My Black Ass? Yeah, let me get yeah, a copy get, of Kiss My Black Ass. That's hard ass. to market right there. It's yeah. very, very hard. And, and, that, and, that's the, and, and that was the issue with MC Ren, as good as he was as a rapper. Now, Easy e he was, you know, he, you know, when he came out first with Easy Does It, he's a character. Easy E is one of the funniest, recognizable voices we've heard, and and with the success of Bone Thugs and Harmony, Above the Law, we know Easy E. So Easy E was able to come out with records himself, and it was beef time with Dre. It was on with Dre. So all the, you know, this is back and forth. Real motherfucking G's is one of the most well-known diss tracks out there. One of my mm-hmm. personal favorites. Everybody wow. knows that song. Mm. And then you know he he worked with other artists. And he was able to get some other people to write rhymes for him. Easy E, he found success as a solo rapper. Dre, I mean, come on. We all know what Dre was able to do. We we see what Cube was able to do. Yella, we gotta get to, that's the problem. Yella is a good producer. And he tried, but that's the thing. He was so tied in with the NWA cloth. Like, what, what could Yella really do? Yella came out with a record. He's not a rapper. Nah. You know, he came out with a production record and everything like that. But when you look at NWA, obviously the main people, you know, the one that found solo success, they found solo success. And it goes to a credit of Dre being a dope producer, Q being a great writer and a great rapper, as good as Ren was. We we already talked about the problem with the with the profanity and everything like that. And he still was able to, he stayed, he stayed on Ruthless. He came out with songs. Yeah, Ruthless for Life album. Yeah. The Villain in Black. He also helped with the, um, with the Bone Thugs album, too. Yes, he did. A lot of people forget that. Yes, he did. Ren, Damn, was, I, Ren, Ren was there. System with the he, Bone Thugs and Harmony record. He, he said it himself that he didn't want to be a rapper. He actually enjoyed being in the background, more so that this man directed over 300 porno films. Oh, yeah, man. Yellow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Yellow jumped into the porn industry, you know. Hey, make your money, DJ Yellow. Yeah. If I may um just touch on Arabian Prince. He oh, actually man. was an original member of the group. He's in um the original album cover. He left the group over royalties and uh contract dispute, kind of uh foreshadowing what was gonna happen with uh Jerry Heller. Um he was also upset about the movie leaving him out. He states that there was um he was there during the incident in Detroit, and he was—he says he's actually the main one to oppose Jerry Heller, not Ice Cube. But um, you know, it's easy for someone to say that who's pretty much ousted out of the group. He went on later to work in uh, 3D and animation and special effects. But um, as far as his rap career, pretty much non-existent. Yeah, uh, I remember—I remember hearing—I remember hearing about Arabian Prince on N.W.A. and the Posse, which is your favorite album, right, Alfred? A bitch is a bitch. <laughs> I've seen some interviews with Arabian Prince, and yes, and 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 E is 100 100% correct. Like he does touch on all those all the stuff that happened in the movie, and he left man, because he left because of the money. Man, out of here! He just mad because ain't nobody ever checked for him. <laughs> but uh, overall, you guys saw 
the breakdown with NWA, it really got underway when Cube left and then when Dre left. You see what happened. Well, I, it's odd because, you know, DJ Yellow could have still kept producing music. He could have made beats. Because even, even when Bone Thugs was the only act on Ruthless, they phased him yep. out for DJ Unique. Yep. Yeah. Yep. They sure did. And, 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 and yeah. Shout out to DJ Unique. He he boy did he lace up on Thugs and Harmony. Woo. And and even after Don't call me Mr. Bill Collector. With- oh, that's my fucking song. That's a classic. Even though even even though after all that went down, they were gonna come back together. We know that now, based on interviews and unfortunately, you know the passing of Easy E and um, just the whole breakdown. And they, they did come back together somewhat. They 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 brought in Snoop. Now, 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 let's now let's talk about this, right? Go ahead because, and talk about it. Because mm-hmm. I was mad that these guys brought let Snoop Dogg be a part of the group. Yo, Snoop, you wasn't low. I heard the chronic. I heard what you said about Easy. It was beef time. He had to. But but then but now all of a sudden you worshipped and idolized Easy and you want to take his place in the group. Man, go. Well, well, well. I mean, I, listen, 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 listen. Snoop was gonna go to Ruthless. Snoop was gonna go to Ruthless. When he was when was Snoop, he gonna go to Ruthless? Snoop, Snoop oh. did an interview. Snoop did an interview where he broke this thing down. He knew Laylaw. He knew those guys, and they, and he was supposed to go to the studio, and link up with them because they knew him. And it was like, yo, this guy's talented. We want to bring him in. But Warren G stepped in and said, yo, listen, my brother heard the demo tape and he wants you to come to the studio on Monday. So a choice was made. He went to the studio on Monday to Dr. Dre, and the rest is history. But he could have been, he could have went to Ruthless. And it's actually, I'm glad you brought up Snoop coming in. You know how many members wanted to be in NWA when, if they had plans to do a reunion? DJ Quick went on record and said, Yo, if you guys ever came back, I want to come in and fill in where Easy E was at. DJ Quick does have a bit of a voice that sounds like he could be in NWA, if you think well, about it. Well, Easy e was a close personal friend of Quick. Like, you know, E was going to sign Quick to Ruthless, and they hung out together. They've done songs together. And, every, and, 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 and ain't it ironic? Everybody who was going to sign to Ruthless ended up on the row. Right, mm-hmm. which is crazy, mm-hmm. you know. And Quick is from Compton, you know what I mean? So, I mean, well, it probably could have worked. It probably could have worked well, if, if you know Quick came in, but we all we all we all know Big Shug. He he, he had the payroll, you know. Shout out to Big Shug. You Marion, you talking about Marion, right? Keep your head up. Keep your head up. We riding with you. Hey, but, um, yeah, you riding with him, and you see what happened, right? You riding <laughs> with Shug, what happens to you? Don't don't do that. Yeah, when you ride with Shug, what happens to you? Don't ride with Shug. I'd rather walk. Don't, 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 don't do that. Come on. Don't, no, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, if any of Big Sugar's affiliates or people that know him listening to this, this man, QG views and opinions don't represent the entire rap <laughs> Negro, please. You just came from the last episode talking about the person that he ran over. So what you talking I, about? I don't recall, but moving on. Yeah, you know? yeah, it's in the uh-huh. But, uh-huh. but, uh, yeah, so NWA, man, like, and it's crazy because Dr. Dre, uh, I, I would say it's safe to assume both in music and in, in the world in general became the uh, the most successful one out of the bunch. 
I would rank Ice Cube second, put Easy third, only because you know we don't know what what his life would have played out had he uh, had he not passed away. So so uh, had he not passed away so young, and then you know and Ren and then DJ Yella, even though I might put Yella above Ren because you know. No, man, no, 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 that, no. Listen, don't do that, that. That, that man seen plenty of sight. Don't do that. Don't, don't, don't <laughs> shit on MC Ren's talent over porn. Are you nuts? <laughs> listen, man, that's, uh, I mean, I mean, Chris. Last time we did a disappointment albums episode, this fool mentioned Brian Pumper. So are we surprised? Oh, anyway, man. The second group on our list is uh, leaders of the new school. Uh, to you, 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 you seem to. Well, we are talking about your daddy, so uh, you want to... <laughs> you want to talk... Just another about... case of that old PTA. Oh, my God. So, we're talking about Leaders of the New School. Now, Leaders of the New School, guys, is an old-school rap group. Three members, technically four if you want to count Milo, but um, the three MCs were Dinko D, Charlie Brown, now, and, uh, of course, my daddy. Buster Rhymes. So at that time, they formed in Uniondale, Long Island. Even though Buster, I keep forgetting Buster's actually from Brooklyn. But leaders of the new school were just like a fun, they were fun and energetic type group. When you look at Buster Rhymes himself, since he's like the most main part of the um, group, you see why he keeps that energy. He still did it to this day. Even on his latest album, shout out to the Extinction of Level uh, Event 2. Album of the year. Yep, album of the year. Yep. And, of course, one of their breakout singles ever was Case of That Old PTA. And that was off a specific debut album around that time called A Future Without a Pass. You listen to the Case of the PTA, that's their first breakout single. But then when you listen to the whole album... They're mostly describing the life and times throughout high school. They were kids. They were yeah. kids. They were kids. The whole time. album is dealing with times in high school. So, leaders in the new school, we people was like, all right, these guys are great. You know, busting them, they're affiliated with Tribe Called Quest, which will lead later on, not too long ago, after their album, to their feature on a Tribe Called Quest, one of their... I will say 10,000 singles called Scenario. Now, this is where it gets a little bit crazy. The last verse. I felt that's where the problem started. Because Buster Rhymes was the last person or he had the last verse. Obviously, he ran circles on that song. He came, ate, bounced. Plain and simple. Now, after that, People praised the song, but everybody was talking about that last verse. Buster Rounds was the man of that song. Viewers, listeners, or anybody, any hip-hop fans will say that Buster Rounds had the best verse. And rightfully so. Not saying that because of my daddy, but when you review it, Q-Tip barely had like a, a verse. But everybody did their thing, but Buster Rounds had the last verse, and I guess there was a reason why. Yep. So... Um, so I think it was like a year and a half later, they released their second album. This is about strike number two, since Chris said that was one of the problems. Time, 1993, The Inner Mind's Eye. 
I actually remember listening to that album, and it was actually good, but you could tell it was a bit different than their first album, The Future Without a Past. Now, there were issues because that same year, everybody knows one of the infamous episodes of Yo MTV Raps. There were conflict issues about the album being released. Even one of the, oh, I think it was the, was it Electra? The label? One, it I think Electra. It was, yeah, it was Electra. It was Electra. How they were saying that there, there were also insistence of the album being released. And they said at that time, like, certain people, the, both Dingo and Charlie were not into it, but Bus was. Third strike during that same time, guys. That's when we saw how they labeled Buster like, yo, this guy is the star. Like we like Buster's ready for a solo deal. Dinko and Charlie weren't really having that. So let's go straight to the Yo MTV Raps episode. They got this shit on camera where you would see that whole group breaking up. That was up crazy. At that the, was if crazy. I'm not mistaken, it was at the Brooklyn Promenade. Yes, now, everybody, on, on, now, on live television. On live television. Now, I may be in Charlotte right now for all you listeners listeners knowing where I'm at. I know that area when I see that area. Everybody brings to the promenade in New York. But, yes, including you, Mr. Rev Barber. But, uh, but after that, it was like, oh, shit. They, it was documented. It's documented that they're on camera live arguing. So, there was another thing that... After time, now let me backtrack. I forgot when we did a Posse's Cut episode. I so forgot about the song Spontaneous. Yeah. Which had like mad people in it, including leaders of the new school and including Rampage. So let's jump into the Flavor of Your Ear remix. Rest in peace to the one and only my uncle Craig Mac. And guess who had the last verse again? Buster Rhymes. There's a reason why they kept putting this guy last on a lot of posse cut songs. Now, unfortunately, the group broke up, although Buster Rhymes does come out with his solo debut album in 1996 called The Coming. The surprising part was the song Keep It Moving, because I didn't expect Charlie Dinko and even Milo to appear on that song or even on this album after what happened at the Brooklyn Promenade or all your MTV raps. But the only thing is, Buster Rhymes was the most successful one out the group. So once he branched out, history was made from all the way, from his 30-year career from that group all the way to many albums, even though there's certain ones I couldn't stand later in his years, but ELE did his thing. I'm talking hey, about the second one, by the way. Um. Yeah, if I may jump in, I just want to let y'all know that these guys actually broke up before the first album had dropped. The only reason they had um, remained a group is because the label Elektra didn't want to have um, the group without Busta Rhymes, that they had heard their demo with Busta Rhymes. So they wanted everyone who they heard the demo with to drop this album. That's why on the first album, there's um, some different solo cuts where Busta Rhymes has his own, um, Charlie Brown has his own. And um, Dinko as well. Uh, Charlie Brown and Busta Rhymes are like cats and dogs. They consistently fight and make oh, up. And fight and make up. They actually yeah. broke up because uh, Busta Rhymes didn't give them a ride to Greek Fest. Busta Rhymes himself said it on a Vlad MTV, uh, Vlad TV interview where he had uh, linked up with um, you know a nice little homegirl of his or whatever somebody he had uh, met down there, and um, 
he uh, pretty much went with her. And um, these guys had to try to hitch a ride over there. And um, Busta had also said that these guys would fight, get into bloody fist fights, perform. And then after the performance, they go back to fighting again. These guys had um, no structure. And that's why Buster always leaned more so on um, Tribe Called Quest because they had more structure than leaders of the new school. And right. he'd vent to them all their frustrations. And he actually wanted to be a part of the group. But Tribe kind of had their own thing going. So um, Buster more so had just did his solo act. And then he just dabbed in with leaders of the new school here and there. But... It wasn't much um, loyalty there with them. The other members, um, Dinko D and uh, Milo or Milo, just didn't make as much noise either. They didn't have the drive that Busta did, and you know you could tell on every track it was a competition. And Dinko and Milo just just their hearts just wasn't in it. Charlie would try to compete, but it just was all about Busta. That's the thing. It, it yeah, just it just yeah. felt all about Busta. And later yeah. on, mainstream-wise, it was told, like, after Leaders of the New School appeared on Scenario, the talk about that song was Busta Rhymes. Flavor and in the- Your Ear remix, believe it or not, besides Big, the talk was about Busta Rhymes. And to interject in, in, into that, um, you know, um, Charlie and Dinko and, um, and um, Milo, you know, they felt that, uh, you know, Busta was uh, stealing the show. Like like the spotlight was getting on him, and, and you could and see, you could see you could you, you, could, could, you could see it you could you, you could, could see, see you could see the the sun shining on this man. His star began to rise, and 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 Eric hit the nail on the head when he mentioned the tribe. I actually started to call it a tribe called Buster because I see <laughs> him around tribe so much, and him and Q Tip their friendship. And Buster did he 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 did an interview where he said, "Hey, if these guys don't want to work." These guys want to work with me over here. Tribe want Tribe want me on their songs. I'm in the studio with them. I'm watching them work. They got this thing organized. I want to be a part of this. And, and Tip, oh was like, my yeah. god, yeah. And Tip and Tip with them was like, yo, listen, you know, we love working with you, your brother, your family, but we don't want to we don't want to add more to this dissension that's going on because it was all on. Un- the one umbrella when you think of the native tongues LONS was down with native tongues everybody knew each other they everybody weren't official knew. members but they wanted to no. yeah Yo, you, exactly. you know what I just you know what I just realized and, and 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 I'm glad he brought this up when he said about how many people had solo acts I feel like the same with Tribe Called Quest because Q-Tip had many solo acts on the albums too yeah I mean yeah I mean most definitely we're gonna get to them but sticking but sticking with Buster when all that was going down and, you know, we mentioned scenario, the standout verse, you mentioned flavor, flavor in your ear, the standout verse, Buster's style and his technique is what made him stand out other than because he was different than everybody else. And that's OK. And and it and it and it was something refreshing, like find another rapper that comes out with a record called Hoo-Ha. <laughs> Y'all, 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 y'all. Nobody, nobody was the only other person that was doing something similar to that, but different was old dirty bastard. <laughs> well, he was on the remix with him. Exactly for a reason. So you know what you have here is Busta really starting to come into his own. He's starting to find himself, and we and 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 the stars aligned with him, and we realized that he was the star, and. As good as 
Charlie and Dinko, as good as they are as rappers, Busta just had more. He wanted more, and he got his. That's why we talked about his 30-year career. That's why he came out with the number one album of 2020, ELE2. It's a reason for that, because of Busta's style. And we got to thank Q-Tip for this as well, because I know oh, Q-Tip yeah. had these talks with him, and he pushed him. He got him to that level where he needed to be, because it's it's demoralizing. When you're with your boys and things don't work out, there's fights going on. You know, you you just want to make music. So and Busta, yep. so 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 they kept Busta focused on making his records. So he, and, and and there have been reunion shows. Mac, didn't you go to go to one of the reunion shows? Nah, I never got a chance to. You never I got passed, I, I passed right. by it and didn't know that was a reunion show. Yeah, it was in 2012. 2012. They got back together for. They only got to bed for like two right. shows and then they it was like no, no, there right. was no more noise after that. But I think about five or four years later, they did another reunion show and they actually kept in touch. They took pe- pictures and everything. It's but like here's the, funny, here's the thing that trips me out. Dinko D released his debut solo album in 2016. In 2016. Yep. 2016. Jesus. That long for Dinko to come out with a record. And by that time, nobody was checking for that, man. That's your favorite quote for this entire night. Nobody was checking for that man. Nobody was checking for that man. Sit your ass down. Nobody want to hear that. But hey, man. Know, hey, hey, but, careful, man. Dinko would whoop your ass if you talk like that. But you know what the thing about this is, Lou, when you mentioned Q-Tip, you, you know anytime Bust and Q-Tip get together, it's timeless because they have so many songs together on each other's albums. It's not funny. You would have thought at one point, like, again, another archive episode, Dream Collaborative Albums, I don't know how these two never made an album together. Just alone. My my fa- my favorite Q-Tip and Buster song never even made an album. Which is this? Just for the nasty. <laughs> That's your favorite? Yeah. Uh, let me tell you about a story. Yes. Uh huh. Uh-huh. About a boy from the tribe called Quest. I'm hanging with Buster Rhymes. Yeah, I'm in the studio. I love the, that song, man. The closest dad ever got was the NBA Live. But um, so real quick, why 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 y'all think Charlie Brown and Dinko D and Milo ain't ain't really pop off like Buster did? Because they didn't the beat, because they didn't have yeah, the drive. They, they didn't have the drive. Even though you could see that, you know, Charlie was his own person. Even though I could still don't understand what the hell was those noises he was talking about on the case of the PTA. That's probably a reason. QG, can you tell me what the and it, and she said. Ay, 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 ay. That's. <laughs> I mean, that's probably the reason. She said, ah, yeah, 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 because it didn't make no sense. <laughs> well, speaking of things that don't make sense, uh, let, that's going to transition to our next group that was super, super duperly talented. Of course, one man out of the group became a superstar. Another man, well, not a super, well, for that time period, I guess. Another man became somewhat of a mild underground sensation who, is is making waves as a DJ today, and then the rest of them ain't nobody was checking for them. We talking about Boogie Down Productions from so the South Bronx, you, the you, South, so South Bronx. Yeah, South Bronx. You better be kidding me for Kenny Parker. Yes. Your ass. They remember what you said about Fat Joe. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Come on, come on, come on. I I said Don Cartagena is my favorite Fat Joe album. I gave that man his. No, right? no, 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 no. I heard the episode. You diss jealous ones, envy. You out your mind. I didn't diss nothing, but. You we here said, talking about B- we talking well, about since, BDP. Well, said. since you have most of the catalog for BDP, why don't you take this one and jump in and talk about the group and all that? 
All right, so Boogie Down Productions. Um, I'm a huge fan of BDP. Um, I have all of their albums in my physical possession. Um, BDP consisted of um, KRS-One, DJ Scott LaRock, may he rest in peace, um, D-Nice, uh, Miss Melody, Miss Harmony, and uh, It Gets No Darker, Mr. Kenny Parker. So, uh, yeah, the BDP was a large posse. Um, you love you love you love quoting that from uh, Seven DJs, don't you? Bro, that's my favorite BDP song. I don't blame you. Not <laughs> that's my shit too. But uh, but there's a lot of members that were in that group, man. RoboCop and but <laughs> you know what? and all the rest but, of them. But 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 you know what's RoboCop. funny? RoboCop. Yeah, there oh, yeah, is RoboCop. A member I forgot about RoboCop. But you I know mean, what? I mean, he did do three movies, so you know. You're, and, and, and he did, and he did Alex. the extinct the Four Horsemen, but um, nah, but you listen to a lot of BDP albums, and it's misleading because on the BDP albums, who who was on most of the songs? There was only one guy on most of the songs. Of course, um, you know Scott LaRock, He only lasted one album before he was um, murdered, which should have never happened. Um, D Nice had features, and D Nice was actually as D Nice's dynamic is very weird because. On Criminal Minded, which is their first album, D-Nice does some beatboxing in the background of a couple songs. Um, D-Nice was so talented as a beatboxer that his uh, his nickname was the uh, the Human TR-808, which right. uh, everybody knows mm-hmm. TR-808 is a drum machine. Um, so yeah, so D-Nice was there. He gets a couple guest vocals. Scott LaRock is, is mixing and producing. But you don't really hear nobody outside of those two on the songs until around edutainment on the one posse cut Mac just mentioned, Seven DJs. Um, Kenny Parker also was a producer. Um, Miss Melody and Miss Harmony, they rapped here and there, but like nobody really had success like KRS One did. Uh, even though I um and I really Harmony, recommend everything. And, and, and Harmony told you three is the magic number. Yep. Three is the magic number. But um <laughs> but nah, but I recommend everybody um go and check out um D Nice's first album. Um uh my, they call me D Nice. The single, which is the same name, is 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 on point. Classic. Call me D Nice. Um, and you know what's funny? D Nice never even really got a fair shake because if you're in the shadow of KRS One, obviously they're gonna compare compare your lyrical content to KRS, and KRS was like one of the nastiest MCs at the time. But you know um, what else too? I'm glad you mentioned that. I felt and 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 I and I love using this quote, giving out a pair of shoes because. Who else was on self-destruction besides KRS? Tell the people, why don't you? D-Nice was on that record. Miss Melody was on that record. I felt, and, you know, KRS was giving opportunities. And unfortunately, like you said, KRS once set the standard so high. It's hard to get out of the shadow of that man because he's the front man. He's He's the forefront. He is Boogie Down Productions. If you don't have KRS, you don't have Boogie Down Productions. Nah. You just got you just got productions. You don't even got the Boogie Down. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. But, but you know what? You know, is impossible. But you know what's funny and 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 not ha ha funny, but ironic. Going to your going to the point. If you go on the Edutainment album and you listen to Seven DJs and you just listen to everybody else's verses compared to KRS ones, none of them were at the level of talent uh, uh, of a rapper as KRS one. Like. D-Nice's verse, he starts off by saying, I love to do tours, I love to diss whores, making the young ladies just drop their drawers. 
You would never hear KRS-One say anything like and, that. And you know why? Because, because he's not goes, that type of rapper. And not only that, it goes to Eric's point about the drive. KRS-One always pays attention to what he says and what he does. And not only that, he is super competitive. Yes, he is. And, 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 and you know what, Candyman? You can go ahead and pull up the beef DVD. I'll even quote it for you. <laughs> Every year for the top 20 of Billboard, I have a battle rhyme. I have a rhyme to battle you. It's just the way I practice. He this did say what, that. This you is know what he this is what he does. Yo, you know what the sad point of seven DJs? Karis one looked like he wasn't even trying. He was just trying to let them shine. And it's still, still <laughs> Karis one. Exactly. Nope. And, and that's the thing. He that's the thing with the blast master. And the Miss blast Melody master barely has six bars. Right, exactly. And Miss Melody, she tried. God, you know, God rest her soul. God bless her. You know, she she tried to she, she tried to stand out there on the forefront, but it's very, very hard when the main guy is KRS. KRS is all over the place. And 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 again, what helps? Beef. When yeah. the beef was going down with the juice crew and the bridge and everything story like that. Again and again about it all got started way back when. You just want MC Shane to whoop your ass. I'm keeping I'm keep I'm keeping his name alive, sir. You don't care about that. The point the the point being made when the beef was going out, who was the main guy involved in the beef and doing the records? KRS. And it just and it just blew KRS one all the way up to the top. And then it just kept going and going and going. The rest of them, and that's a fair point. And we we've talked about it on a prior episode, like how the rest of the Juice Crew didn't participate. The rest of BDP outside of Scott LaRock didn't participate. Nope. It was more of Shan versus um KRS. And KRS one winning helped KRS. And that's when you got all these albums, all these movements. Even and the funny thing about it. You, you also got to look at all the other stuff KRS-One was doing. We talked about the Stop the Violence movement. You guys yeah. know against, you guys know about Heal? No, what's that? Is that the one where LL Cool J was not in the video? Human, human Education Against the Lies was a program that KRS-One came up with. And this was a collaborative effort with what Mac pointed out. LL wasn't in the video, but was on the song. And that was a Def Jam move, by the way. Mac, to answer mm. your question. It was Russell Simmons that uh, pulled LL from coming to the video shoot. Why? It was something with money and contracts and like I don't think he cleared Ooh. LL to to appear on the video or anything like that. And you know LL did what Russell told him to do. What year did that song come out? Heal. What 1991? I want to say 91. Yeah, because Run DMC. Well, not Run DMC. I would say because. Jam Master J rapped on it, and Daryl rapped on it. I didn't see uh, Rev Run wasn't there. Queen Latifah was on there. Oh, of course. Uh, So, yeah, it it was around that time. And, you know, KRS was doing so many different projects involved. And so he became a folklore legend, especially with battle. Nobody wants to battle KRS one. And Candyman, if you mention Nelly, I'm going to choke you through this whole fight. (laughs) I mean, man. Prior to that, prior to all of that, 
KRS was one of the most feared, respected MCs ever. Anybody that got into an incident with him anywhere was in trouble. List them. X-Clan, PM Dawn, anybody. Oh, PM Dawn got it bad. Right. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. PM Dawn got a whooping. Like a jaguar and a squirrel. (laughs) (laughs) And KRS was at the point where I don't care who you are. If you want to battle, we battle. Like his, 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 even his political songs was battles. Yep. That's just what care. And, 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 and that's the point because KRS was the front man. He was the foreman under him. You stay under him. You can't overshadow him. You can't, you could try to jump out and do your own thing. Cause we mentioned D nice being a very successful DJ. God bless D nice. Especially during the time with the pandemic, with everything that's been going on with oh, COVID. Oh man! Yeah, no, D Nice, he deserves uh, a lot. He saved, of he saved us. <laughs> I, I don't sure understand did. why he wasn't man of the year. He 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 really he he deserves everything, man. Him, Quest Love, and Ninth Wonder was was oh, my solace. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, and in what? fact, even yeah. after KRS, even after KRS One worked with other producers like Premier and Marley Mall, it's still KRS. Yep. So are are we attributing the reason why uh, everybody else in BDP really didn't have success was because the drive and um, their talent level compared to KRS One? Man, BDP was the Seventy Sixers and KRS One was Allen Iverson. Ooh. There you go. Seventy Sixers still got to the finals though. Hey, and and BDP beat uh, Juice Crew. Well, uh, that 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 is that is true. But uh, shout-outs to D-Nice. If anybody ever gets a chance to check out his uh, solo rap work, um, it's unfair to put them on the two of them on the same song when one is talking about Free Mamiya and the other one is talking about Hoes. Right. I mean, <laughs> hey. All right, but our, our next group that we're, uh, we're going to go on to, uh, we're not going to oh, take too much time on this topic because, uh, you know, uh, it's available in the archives and our uh, resident in-house Wu-Tang expert could tell us. Uh, yeah, let's talk about some... Let's talk about some Wu-Tang, which almost all of them are successful as a whole. Almost. <laughs> almost. Well, if I may, I'll just yes, go sir. ahead on the uh, back end of Wu-Tang here. So, you know, you got definitely didn't get no critical acclaim because he just more so was a street dude. And he had a horrible first album. That Golden Arms Redemption and as biased and as much as I love these dudes... It, it's just not a good listen, man. I mean, he, you know, he he claims he didn't have the promotion as the others, but even if he did, it was just not a good effort, man. Uh, you know, Master Killer, I love Master Killer, man. I get a lot of heat for sticking up for him, but you know, punching a journalist is not gonna get you too many places over mm. you know the drawings and stuff like that, which he does deny. But you know, we kind of all know what he did. <laughs> um, <laughs> The one I was the most surprised about that didn't get too much uh, critical acclaim was Inspector Deck. He, his voice is just, it just, to me, it sticks out. I mean, you know, meth and ghosts and everything, but Deck too, man. When Deck comes in and he's had, you know, memorable verses, you know, a la Triumph. And I was more so surprised that his solo effort, his first one, didn't make as much noise. It did go gold, but, you know, I feel like it went gold just the strength off of the W being on the cover. And um, I feel like what hindered these guys was just 
you know, there was a big break in between as far as the solo albums and, you know, Killer Army got one and um, Sons of Man. And, you know, there was still no Inspector Deck. There was still no Master Killer. Um, you know, Method Man is just such a likable dude. Ghostface and his word playing Raekwon. But, you know, I kind of feel bad for the back end of the clan because, you know, these dudes are super nice, too. Even you got, you got, you know, he has some some good verses, you know, on the double disc. And we'll oh, take yeah. forever. We'll take forever. Oh, um, yeah. I agree, he, brother. Yeah, he wasn't too much on um the first album because he was, you know, a lot of legal issues as well. Maybe that's what kind of held him back, too. But, you know, it is a, a very bad taste in my mouth, that first album, man. That Golden Arms Redemption. Ugh, man. I got a question for you, though, E. Yeah. I heard a rumor. Is it true that Raekwon bogarted his way into getting his album done? Because I heard Inspector Deck was supposed to come out after that. Yes. Yes. Yes, he did. Raekwon was the most competitive out of the whole group. And as much love as he had for Meth the Man, him and Meth would always clash. Um, Raekwon definitely didn't. You know, that is why Immobilarity didn't have um, any woo features. Mm. It definitely was... um. I mean, Rape, the kind like, of Bogart and stuff. I mean, he only had like Method and Master Killer separate, but that's just it. Yeah, and those were kind of forgettable features. And by the way, I mentioned that on the disappointing album, so that's in the archives as well. Sorry, yeah, I mean, check the archives. <laughs> I mean, for me, you know, Deck always stood out to me because, like you said, his 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 voice, these recognizable verses, all these quotables, especially when he would do features. Mm-hmm. Above the clouds, oh, oh my lord! Man. I can listen to that anytime, yeah. anywhere. The way Deck comes in there and just completely goes ballistic on that. It, yeah. you, you know, you know what to me. You know about Inspector Deck. I love Inspector Deck dearly. I nearly love Wu Tang as a whole, but it's like me for him. It's like baseball. He's like the he's like the leadoff hitter. Oh yeah, yeah, that group. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great way to put it. And um. Listening to Rizzo's interview, his intentions was simple. We come together as a group. We have this label. We have our thing here. Everybody has their own chamber. Everybody's making their own money. Because when you look at the timeline, it went back to back to back to back to back. 36 Chambers comes out. Method Man come out. Jizzle comes out. Raekwon comes out. Old Dirty. Ghostface comes out. ODB comes out. All these albums are fantastic. Yo, a lot of yo, everybody talks about Takal and um um only built for Cuba Links, I Man, but yo, people sleep on Liquid Swords, uh, Swords, oh, man. man. Yo, man. people Christ. sleep on that. What an album. album. What yeah. an album. From what to an back. Album. Yo, Jizza yo, ate that album and left. That's what he did. He just ate. <laughs> yo, yo, no yo, I, I mean, I mean, e, you mentioned competition. Shadow boxing? That song is competition, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> Method oh, Man and Jizzle together on a track. They went at it on that song, man. And like you Definitely. said, that group and every time that group came together, everybody was competing with each other. And that's what I loved about Wu Tang. But let me ask you guys this. Um, who was the last Wu member to come out with an album before Wu Tang Forever was it Ghost? Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think it was Iron Man in '96. Right. Yeah. Do you feel that they should have continued with every? Okay, Master Killer, you come out. Deck, you come out. Like you, God, you come out next. Do you feel like 
if they would have continued going through the members and then do the double disc, do you think things would have been different? I think so. I think more personally, I would have had you God drop last and then okay. drop um of course triumph, but then drop uh black shampoo off right. the double disc. Cause right. you know, um, we get familiar with you God and his, you know, solo stuff and then have him, you know, do the vocals which he did on um Black Shampoo. I felt like it would have been a great lead in. Oh yeah, because I like you God. Like and you said it on Wu Tang Forever, you God stepped up. Like Severe punishment is my Ooh, shit. Hell yeah. Ooh, I love man. severe punishment. Like the way, the way that they go in, all of them went in on that song. And then it's like, and Master Killer, his style, that slow, conversational, political, conscientious type of rhyme. Mm-hmm. Like he, he, Master Killer, his wordplay, so <laughs> incredible, so talented. And then, you- and, and, and then, and, and, and then you mentioned the affiliate, uh, you know, all the affiliates. You got Capadonna around. I was about to bring him up with the pillar. Oh, yeah. He drops really? the album. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, and, 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 and two, I want to ask you, like, I'm sure we've all seen the Wu-Tang, you know, saga, the, you know, the series on, on Hulu and everything like that. Yeah. But we also know the history. E, you could touch on this. The tension, because you got Stapleton. Versus Park Hill. There was a war going on. Yeah. So it's like that also I felt played a part as well because you said the competition. You got Stapleton over here. You got Park Hill over here. But you got the bridge. And the bridge is ruler zigzag zigalaw. Yeah, if I may touch on just you know, a little bit getting uh, interpersonal. So I'm from Astoria and we kind of had like our own little like um, inner inner neighborhood battles there where we had uh, where I'm from a place called Hoyt and then up the block we had schoolyard. But the one thing that brought us together was sports, playing sports against the other neighborhoods. So like with Wu-Tang, it's kind of like the same thing was rhyming. So it's just always that one common factor that pretty much brings people together. And then they kind of made it like, hey, it's Staten Island versus everybody, you know? Right. Shout out to Hoyt Avenue. Yes, sir. Hoyt, baby. Story of Queens, 29th. Yes, sir. Hoyt, man. Wow. Had some good times out there going to St. John's, brother. <laughs> <laughs> but you but you know, but you know, to, I know we're going to be moving on, but you know what I love about Wu-Tang? Nobody in that group is whack. No. Everybody's talented. Yes, sir. And Nobody's whack. Nope. Riz is not. Riz is not whack. He's he's a character these days, but he's not whack. Yeah. You no. can't sleep on none of them. Nope. No, you can't. No, you can't. They they. And you know, every time we talk about Wu Tang, you know, the tradition has to continue. Word up. You'd come back. <laughs> <laughs> Promised. I said that I would. <laughs> well, hold, hold, hold on, guys. What happened? What happened? Not now. Shut up. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 Shaolin Mantis for all you people out there with the Kung Fu and the and the Wu Tang and all that. But yeah, most definitely. Um, even now, you know, when they come together to um do shows. Actually, I I I also want to bring up. Do you guys remember what happened on the show? The documentary. Mm-hmm. Talk oh, to met them, man. Oh. Yes, yes, that argument that they had. <laughs> Yo, I forgot about that argument, man. <laughs> Yo, that was crazy. Like, Method Man is talking, doing his part, and then they tell him, shut the F up. Like, go see you. <laughs> and 
especially you, God. Like, mm-hmm. and, and Method Man was that he's like, he's like, he's like, please, who are you to talk? Look at the answers you gave. It made it look like Method Man was becoming the front man and the superstar. Now, is that Method Man's fault? No. Because I mean, what was going on? Who was on Ready to Die? Method Man. Math. Who was on Who was on the Hell on Earth album? Method Man. Method Man. Method Man is getting Ray and Ray is getting and, love. And Ray, Ray is getting love as a solo act. Meth is getting love as a solo act. You know what I'm saying? So they're pulling these guys in, and then it's like, okay, this person's the front man. This per- and that is the problem when you have groups sometimes, especially when everybody's their own individual. Oh, this person must be the leader. And every interview you hear, there are no leaders. We everybody's their own leader. Yep. But you could see the tension that was going on at the time. They would fight and argue amongst each other, but they would still come together and still, you know, do their songs, do their records, do their shows, which is which is good. They're professionals. Even till this day, you know what I mean? And and again, E, you could touch on this. There was issues with the later albums because of what was it? They say Riz's production yeah. was changing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they basically wanted to um Stick more so to the same sound that they had, but RZA was uh kind of turning into his Bobby Digital mm. character there. Wow. And y'all notice Immobility didn't have any RZA uh, productions either, because you know there was a lot of things going on then too. There was a lot going on behind the scenes with the group. That's why. That's why. Thankfully, if you had your own deal as a solo act, you could focus on that. I mean, look what Method Man did. Right. Mm-hmm. Overall, Wu Tang is still one of my favorite groups. Shit, we could do a whole nother podcast on them if we like. <laughs> we, sure, we sure could. Damn, so, part two final, already. The final, the final word on the Wu. Why you think? Uh, well, you you said it. You can't go around smacking journalists and expect anybody to to, to buy your album. Right. <laughs> While your name is Master Killer. <laughs> and you, God, I, I I think you I think you became his own worst enemy, man. Like he wrote books. He did interviews. He was saying a lot of stuff, man. Yeah, it was crazy. All right, but let's 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 shift gears now to uh, the Fugees, which uh, for people who don't know, that's uh, Lauren Hill, Wyclef John, and uh, and Praz. This would uh, be T-O, an interesting one. To oh, yeah. this is up your alley. Talk to us about the Fugees. Uh, yo. The first time I heard the Fugees, I didn't even, I didn't even hear Nappy Heads first. Because I know their first album was Blunted um, on Blunted Reality. Blunted yep. And Correct. it was good. And, of course, they were on the successful Rumble in the Jungle. For everybody who remembers that song, was with uh, who, Tribe Core Quest and Buster. Yes. Rhymes. And once again, back to what we talked about earlier, Buster and Q-Tip. Yes. <laughs> but, um, but um, Lauren Hill actually... We saw two people in the early days just for a quick second. Me, uh, QG, we talk about this a lot lately. You know the video by the Eric B. and Rakim, <laughs> Don't Sweat the Technique. Who's, Who's on the man that? in there playing? Who's playing yep. that instrument back that in the background? That's why I left John. <laughs> and before Fuji's became like uh, established as a group, we saw Lauren Hill in the movie Sister Act 2. So that was already a bit of a star is born on her end. She had the voice, she could act. But when you get at a blended on reality, it had 
many. It was actually a great album. But to me, everybody talks about the next album, The Score. Super duper classic album that uh, won Grammys. It won Grammys. You got the, you know, one of the biggest hits, Killing Me Softly, a Roberta, uh, I think it was a Roberta Flack cover. Yes, yes, it was. Um, they, they, they were, and they was part of that whole Tupac beef since it's 1996. Yeah. Fuji's wanna do me. <laughs> yes, Al, you can quote leave, it. Leave it up to Pac, man. Now, the the thing was. After Blunted on Reality was good, and after the score was a critical acclaimed classic, it just, I don't know, I wanted the Fugees to stay longer. But next year later, I think it was 1997, who releases the first attempt of a solo album? Wycliffe John. And we talked about this, um, shout out to Tawasi, because we talked about 1997 on the episode, and we talked about how, I think he said Carnival was his his favorite Wyclef album at that time. Yes. Now, he releases the Carnival. It had great songs. Obviously, the Bee Gees cover, Staying Alive. And it um, sold well. And it sold well. But and, and, but also, you also started looking at a bit of affiliates because you had the Refugee Camp All-Stars. One of them being my uh, other brother, I guess, John Forte. Absolutely. And um, Pross did the last verse, too. Then you had gone to November. Now, my question is, which version do people like? The one with R. Kelly on the hook or the one cannabis rapping? I, I, I cannabis. like the one with cannabis. I like the one with cannabis. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 we publicly can't say anything positive about R. Kelly. We right. <laughs> okay, so we got that out the way. Now, Wycliffe sold so well on the carnival. Now, the next year was a bit of a challenge. Pross, for, people forget Pross even released a solo album, including using his song Ghetto Superstar from the Bullwolf soundtrack. Um, Rest in peace, old dirty bastard. I still don't know what the hell he was talking about on that song. Ghetto um, Superstar, that I, is what you are. You sound like the old dude from Family Guy. Stop singing. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, come on, man. And Al, don't this just... Terrible. You, my, my should slap you. Um, Second, the Talk of 1998, which uh, it's in the archives. Once again, I'm gonna keep bringing back old episodes. Uh, 96 versus 98, which uh, was still a bit of an ass whooping. Sorry, Al. Uh, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Grammys after Grammys after Grammys after Grammys for that girl, and rightfully so because she proved herself. I mean, Wycliffe did too, but Lauren Hill was like one of the talks of that group. See, people but you are could tell, sense. but you could tell from the group itself that Lauren Hill really started to stand out because she was singing and rapping. Yes, indeed. People were looking at Lauren Hill more than they were looking at Clef and Pros, as good as they were. And Clef is a producer. Sorry to intervene, but let's 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 go into it. Clef yeah, is a producer. Yeah, but see, the difference is Clef can't sing. And that's the thing. I hate when Clef hits the high note. I can't stand it. It's so please call nine one one. Yes, call nine one one for that. In my heart. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For that singing. And and Laura Hill said this. It was like, boy, I I swear, it's it's just it's just so bad of what happened to this lady's career after. There was tension in the group. There was tension in the group. 
there was tension in the group. I to mention the whole rumors with the whole Wycliffe and, and Lauren Hill have that that's, relationship. That, that, that's where the drama started because even after the carnival, and at the time when you know Lauren Hill is working on her solo album, there was the rumors going around about Clef and Lauren Hill's relationship. They got into arguments. Yep. They were in the and it was a bitter breakup. And then Lauren Hill starts dissing Clef on a record. Because a lot of people, a lot of a lot of people don't know Lost when Ones you was, listen, a, was a when subliminal you, shot at when Wycliffe. You listen, yes, when sir. you listen, when you listen to the miseducation of Lauren Hill, the first song and the first thing she says, it's funny how money changed the situation. Miscommunication leads to conversation. She breaks down everything that went down, how the group broke up subliminally. But if you read between the lines, what does she say? Comma, comma, comma comes back to you, star. What did Wyclef say on Gone to November? Comma, 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 comma. We, we, we know, we know this is when we hear them. Yo, when that's that's when I knew it was like, wait a minute, because I first when I first heard Lost Ones. I thought she was trying to slide a, a subliminal to L. Kuja because I know he mentioned um, Lauren Hill right. during the uh, Clef uh, disc. Right. But when I heard comma, 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 I said, oh, shit, she's talking about she, Wyclef. She was going at Clef's head. But when and you listen to that whole album, it's, it is a few songs that still talks about Wyclef. I think, exactly. I think the X factor was a bit about Clef, too. Yes. Yeah, me yes. too. According to Wyclef, he said that, you know, they they were in a relationship, but he was also with somebody else. So while all that was going on, you see business and personal that don't mix. And nope. Proz, Proz has done interviews himself. Even Proz started dissing Clef. Proz dissed Clef on a song with Sheik Looch. Yeah, but Cle- I ain't gonna lie. I think Clef got props. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, obviously Clef destroyed him. Clef, Clef destroyed him. superstar. That's not That's what, not you, what are. you are. <laughs> he said, "You and I know you never wrote the Ghetto Superstar." Think about it. On the score, every song eight bars, and the average MC is sixteen. He's telling you that Proz, you never wrote. I wrote for you. I wrote your best stuff. You weren't the main. Rom writer. So now all of that is going on. The group is completely broken apart. Lauren Hill finds great success with her solo album, but what did Mac allude to? Her personal life started to get in shambles. Her marriage, she went through a breakdown. It was many issues going on with Lauren Hill and and Clef, you know, with his production and trying to do his thing. He was doing well. I mean, Clef wrote songs. He wrote songs for Whitney Houston. He wrote songs for Carlos Santana. He wrote songs You know my issue with Clef was the next album, the Clef Stick. Okay. I didn't like those dub plates type songs. Like, how the hell you got Farrell March? I mean, you paying homage to Farrell March having him on the song rapping on what Simon Says. And God rest Kenny Rogers' soul, but why is Kenny Rogers on there? Talk about re, re, reminiscing his famous "You Got to Know Where to Go." It's an artistic. To... It's an artistic thing for Clef because Clef, who also is is the master of music, you know, he studied music. I get why Clef showing his artistic expression, liking country music, liking reggae music, 
I mean, who else could put a Mighty Sparrow song on their album but Wyclef? It shows his soca influence. So I get what Clef was trying to do, but I get you too, Mac, because there's many levels to Clef. You got the backpacker rapper Wyclef. You got the singer Wyclef. You got I like I, I I did like Thug Angels. Thug Angels was a cool song. But but Mac, you're lying. I I know yeah. I know it doesn't Come matter. <laughs> yes, on. your favorite song with him at the Rock. Come on, man, tell the truth. It's a great song though. It doesn't matter. It matter. <laughs> but, but let me ask you guys this question. Now, do you guys remember Dave Chappelle's block party in 2004? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the reunion, I, remember, I remember the movie. The reunion of the Fugees for the first time. And then next year, they did it again at the BET Awards. Yes, sir. That was incredible. I that just was... was- but I, Lauren, oh, I love that lady dearly because she is one of like. Well, I, most... I don't, I don't love Lauren Hill. Made well, me wait I... that three hours. You was there? Yes, I was there. We Let went me <laughs> I mean, QG, I, I, I believe Al because there's been too many concerts she showed up late, bro. And it's I been heard crazy. about that. I and heard then, about and that. And then it got the audacity when we booed her because she didn't want to perform. Had the audacity to talk about she gave us. The best years of her life. Nobody asked you for the best you, years of life. <laughs> you know, you know what the funny part is? People, you know, when we talk about um like the Fuji's, but we forget everybody was featured on a lot of people's stuff. Like Nas, if I rule the world, Lauren was doing the hook. Yes. You even have White Cliff on one of the worst remix ever, the horse and carriage. Terrible. And then, hey, 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 terrible hey, hey, remix, hey, hey, horrible, hey, garbage, hey. garbage. That remix was not garbage. That remix sucked. But Wyclef did his thing on Big Pun's album, though. Oh, yeah, the, which 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 I know Cannabis did because he sounded just like him. Yeah. Oh, uh, so, yeah. So, so let me ask y'all the question. So obviously Wyclef, much success. Wyclef even was a, a, a politician in his native Haiti. Yes. Lauren Hill, success. Shout I mean, out. even though she went AWOL on the music business. But why do you think Proz didn't reach that level? He just, like, I'm pretty sure he will say this all the time. The drive. I don't mm-hmm. think Proz really had the drive. He just sounded like a laid-back type rapper. And he wow. didn't stand out. The only thing he stood out later on was a movie. And that was with Ja Rule. <laughs> I remember that movie, too. <laughs> That's it. I mean, Proz... Proz, if you notice, he always had, like, what, the last verse on every song? He sort of did. Yes, he did. If, it's actually, like, he did. Yeah. Because, and you would thought he it. would have the... It's, it's like, so this guy has the last verse on every, nearly most of the Fuji song. Ready or not, does, ready or not, he had the last verse. And it was eight bars. Fuji La, he Fuji had the La? last verse. And the sad part is Wyclef was always leading off on the song. Because yeah. Lauren was in between, as usual. Mm-hmm. And she's singing the hooks. She's singing the hooks. She's doing the verses. So, Clef, I mean, you could see who was really who at that time. You know what I mean? And even though Ghetto Superstar, it spent eight weeks in the UK top five. It peaked at number two. It was a hit record that appeared on the Bullworth soundtrack. You and not, think, and Proz actually had to stand up. And he had a solo album in 98. Same, same title. Ghetto Superstar. The only good thing it did, it introduced us to Maya. 
No, it did not, because that came after her. Oh, oh, first of all, that came after her solo, uh, her debut with Cisco. Well, I, I heard Ghetto Superstar first before the debut with Cisco. And again, <coughs> Wyclef, Wyclef's production, his ghostwriting skills. Shout out to Maya, singing, by the way. Yeah, so that's that's what it's like. Proz was just there, just there as a support. Clef had so many hats. Lauren Hill had so many hats. Proz, you know, he he was he was just there as as a, as a support man. Okay, yeah. so that's so, so that's why he didn't have success because he was just playing the background the whole time. We get. And that's weird because for someone who has the last verse, you would thought he would try to be the standout. That's why when you talk about Buster Rhymes, he's featured on a lot of stuff. That's his last verse. He. He just went like boom. Prize. And I need to point like, out something. I gotta point out something for you, Max. What? What's up? On Prize's Ghetto Superstar, if you ever uh, purchased the uh, U.S. Deluxe Edition, the bonus disc has one of your favorite diss tracks. Which is what Clef got to do with this? Oh man, God! <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Time out, time out. Ross put Wyclef's L O Cool J disc on a deluxe edition. That's 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 part of the problem because what what does that tell you? Who did most of the writing? Yep. Oh boy, Prize. Uh, well, you do that. Moving on in this conversation. Uh, Let's talk about the previously oh, aforementioned. Uh, oh, hold on a bit. Do, 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 All right, do, here we go. Jamaica, Queens. Oh, can yes. I kick it? Yes, you can. Yes, you can. But, um. Gotta go yeah, to Linden Boulevard. Back My boy. Boulevard. Yes, sir. QG. Quest. And, uh, of course, Tribe Claw Quest. We got, uh. We got Q-Tip, we got Fife Dog, we got Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and we got Jerobi. So and the loosely affiliated consequence, even though he's not an official member. But what's your question, Mac? If since all four of us here, who will be who? Oh, Come on, why would you ask that question? <laughs> I don't know who I'm, I would be. I'm just I'm, I'm just up. curious. I bust up. <laughs> you oh, got it, okay. you got it, you got it. <laughs> listen, I listen, said it listen, on the last show. Listen, I, I'm tired of telling Matt this, and I'm tired of telling Alfred this. Alfred, <sighs> for the last time, you know damn well you're Fife. How am I Fife? <laughs> you know that already. You, damn, you know that already. And Matt, you already know who you are. Shaheed? Yes, you're Alicia Shaheed Muhammad. <laughs> but, but, that, but, just but. Le- that leaves me Q-tip by default. I told you. Uh, I like it. It fit well. <laughs> that must be great. One, two, what is this? But anywho, um, so Tribe, I mean, it's no secret. Q-Tip is the most successful one out of the group. In my, I mean, I could be wrong. If I'm wrong, then, you know, no, we'll talk no, about it. No, no, but there's factors for that. I mean, Fife Dog also had his solo albums. Q-Tip solo albums weren't bad. No, they weren't. I they mean, were and then Q-Tip also lived on, like, his legacy lives on beyond Tribe because after Amplified in the Renaissance, you know, he was part of good music. I don't think um, the others can claim any of that. Consequence, I, I would honestly say Consequence, even though he's not an official member, that's the third most successful man in the group. 
Well, you also got to account that Q-Tip was also a producer. Well, that, but well, yeah, that too. But Fife, and this is no disrespect to Fife, dog, but I don't know, just Fife. His solo, like I always thought that his solo work was missing something. Mm-hmm. If it, you know something, if it, if it was followed under the tribe umbrella and the tribe sound, it would have been successful. I don't think, I don't think that there was any ever intention for anybody to do anything solo. They was going to stay together as a group. They were going to do their thing. But you started to see the issues take place after the um, sophomore LP. Things started to really, 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 really go down. And there's a lot of blame everywhere. I don't believe, and, 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 and I believe Chris Lighty, who was their manager, God bless Chris Lighty. Fife moving to Atlanta should should not have been part of the reason. But Q-Tip states in an interview, he wanted everybody in the hut together, like stick around together. This kind of brings me back to the Jacksons. This is oh, a hip hop show. But the brothers started to move out. They started to get married. They started to have kids and everything like that. And that causes changes because they're not in the same house together. They're not around each other as much. Q-Tip felt creatively, we got to stick together in order for this group and everything to work. So, and I started to think things things were going to be different based off the first album. Because on the first album, Five Dog is hardly on it. This is this is bringing back to what I was talking about, mentioning when when um I think it was Eric who uh mentioned about how Buster Rhymes was stealing the show. I felt like Tip was trying to steal the show too. I love Q Tip dearly, but I felt so? like he was trying to. I don't know. It's 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 at times a little bit he tried, but I never understood why Fife was not on much songs either. Because I could tell is... you I could tell you why I could tell oh, you why. Yeah, okay, well... you. You tell me why, but I also want to add because this is where a lot of people drew the fact like, yo, is Q-Tip the leader of the group? That that and 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 that became a problem because Q-Tip w- was starting to be looked at as the leader of the group. Now the reason why Fife was not on that first album uh, uh, enough, he was Lucy on the first and album. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy right. and Dan and Dan. Fife had a hard time believing. Fife had a hard time believing that this was actually going to take place and pop off. He didn't think that this was actually going to be anything. It's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, we're recording, but do we have a deal or is it is it real? You know, Q-Tip, Q-Tip was like, hey, we're going to make it. So Q-Tip is grinding. Q-Tip is in the booth. He's doing things. Fife appeared here and there on records, but then when the album blew up, Fife was like, oh, this is real. Then on the I mean, second album, oh that's man. when Fife stepped his shit up. That's when Fife stepped his shit up. You said microphone check one two. What is Fife went off? So check now, the, oh, he went off for check the wrong. Now, now it's starting to get. Now it's starting to get good. But Fife's health started to go down. He wouldn't stop drinking the Kool Aid and eating the candy. Well, yeah, I mean he he said he was addicted to sweets. And, you know, 
and, and I'm not going to mention what it was because Al, you'll make fun of it. Yeah, I know you would. I'm not going to say. It. I'm not going to say it. The man, the man is dead. I'm not going to. Uh, no, 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 no. He had diabetes. That's what why I you? said. Right. That's why I said. Whoa, whoa, whoa! You're the same one that was dissing uh, Frank Alexander. You stop it. Anyway, that's. <laughs> you see, you see, he laughed. He laughed. He um, laughed at somebody that got murdered. You see what I'm talking about? He got murdered. Yes. I, I didn't know this. Yes. I thought he committed suicide. No, man. And you said that with a smiling tone. Why? I didn't say it was smiling tone. I'm I'm sitting here shocked. But but then again, you know, you, you kill yourself, you murdered yourself. But uh, I mean, but, but, but move on back to trial. But. Getting back to the trial, the issue really started to take place when the love movement came out. And yeah. according to Ali Shaheed Muhammad, it should have been called the last movement. Yeah. <laughs> He's got jokes, man. <laughs> but, um, you know, he said that the, that the chemistry wasn't there. They weren't really loving each other at the time. They they were, it was actually... It was, I'm not, I'm, it was I'm not even going to lie. I couldn't stand the song, The Booty. The Booty. Hey, hey, <laughs> I, I hated that song. Yeah, I wasn't feeling that either. I you, wasn't feeling Everybody that. knows that even people on the email called me out about the jazz rap. I love Tribe Called Quest. It's one of my favorite groups ever. But the love movement, certain songs I couldn't take, especially The Booty. Man, you knew that album was going to go downhill when you just saw the cover. Like, where yes. were the colors? Where was the, you know, all white? Their it was all yeah. white, and it just says the love that, movement, yeah. right? Yeah, it felt Yo, like, I'm glad like you a, brought that up, E. That's the truth. Glad you brought that up. It's yeah, because I remember, like, you know, I was excited, like, you know, leading up to it, but, like, when it dropped and everything, and I saw the album cover, and ah. Uh, and it's like the creativity wasn't there because I left my wallet in El Segundo. You didn't get those. You, you didn't get, get Check the Rhyme. You, you didn't get. You didn't even get. We got the jazz. Right. Exactly. And I another mean, thing. I mean, you, you did, and another you did thing get the scenario time. remix. It wasn't the same. But you, but you also know that even at that time, times is changing music in '98 because their their jazz rap was nowhere to be found too, and that goes for the same with De La Soul around that time. Can you find me another rapper that talks about? A woman's derriere in a way that Q-tip could, but Benita Applebaum. <laughs> do I love you? Or do I love you? Benita Applebaum. So different. You got so it going creative. on. Exactly. You know, and then and, and, and then I heard that there was issues. Why was consequence brought in? Now well, we're talking about beats, rhymes, and life. Well, isn't consequence tip cousin? Yes, he yeah. is. And there was issues, and, and, and there was issues with that. Also, we all we always like to bring up beef. There was an accusation involving, you know, people people from the West felt that a tribe called Quest was taking shots at the West Coast. Yeah. So there was this is going on from 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 WC dissing Q Tip, Tupac. I mean, he 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 was all in. He felt he felt a tribe called Quest was dissing the West Coast. Because there they, was an and, incident prior to that. Had, yeah, they had some previous tension. We talked about that based on the Source Awards. What happened when 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 Pac walked out there during it during the uh, acceptance speech for a tribe called Quest? But that was not Tupac's fault. We already clarified it. It's in the archives that the engineer, the sound man, played Tupac's tape reel out on bail right in the middle of their acceptance speech. 
And you know when you're a performer, you can't rewind. You can't fast forward. You can't stop it. Once the tape reel goes off, you got to go out there. So he didn't do that on purpose. And let's not forget, Pac and Tip were in a movie together. They weren't in the same scene, but they were on the same set. Everybody that knows was poetic, poetic justice. justice. Poetic justice. Oh, Q-Tip got his brains blown out. <laughs> I was watching that movie the other day. That was messed up. What happened to Q-Tip? Oh, I'm sorry, man. In front of oh, Janet was ooh. So, so um, getting back to all of that, the tension between Fife and Tip was real. When they got back together to do a, a, a reunion show, and 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 Candyman and I, we talk about this. Even though Fife's health was bad. Oh, when they was on stage and Fife was hard time he breathing, yo, bro. Right, Jerobi had to hold Fife up most I of the time. I saw that. I was not happy with Tip on that one because Tip was trying. To... They should listen. They should have either canceled the performance. Or they should have got Tip a chair, man. I mean, um, no, uh, Fife no, a chair. No, 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 no. You no, shut no. the wrong. hell up. Wrong, 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 wrong. Everybody knew Fife was sick. Fife just being able to stand up and just be there. Yeah, but Incredible. if he knew if he knew if he knew he's sick, he can't perform. Then cancel the performance. Give this was about this was about money to help him get that transplant. That's what this was about. That's why they did it. In, and I and I get and I and I get both sides. I mean, e you can you can address to this. All you guys can address to this. When you're doing a show, when you're doing a performance, when you're doing something, and you're getting into that, you're getting into the energy of being a performer, being somebody. That's all that you're focused on. That's where your mind is at. So while Tip is in the groove, in the motion, in the energy, he's trying to hype Fife up, but he's not thinking in the back of his mind, I can't do that. Because he's so into the music and into the crowd, he's not thinking like that. Nope. And that pissed Fife off. And he had a reason to be pissed. So, I mean, we talked about solo projects. Everybody now, knows. Everybody knows what tip. You know what tip did. You know what breathe and stop. Wait, 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 wait. It's Okay. Yeah, whatever. What I don't know what the hell Buster was on. But let's not let's not underscore Alicia He Muhammad. He produced. Lucy Pearl. He was with Lucy. Yep, Lucy Pearl was a group. And that's funny because you look at Lucy Pearl. These are all three members who once came out of groups that broke up. Raphael Sadiq yeah. and Don Robinson. Tony, 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 and Vogue and a Tribe Called Quest. That was, it just felt weird. And and Don Robinson, shout out to her. She had an interview recently, not too long ago. Raphael Sadiq, you got some explaining to do, bro. But can I ask you guys a question about Q-Tip? Like, what was up with his change? When all of a sudden he started being called Kamal and the abstract? Come on, the abstract. From the Amma. He changed. He changed up a bit. But you know what? He was always going with the abstract when it came to the con- um, productions. He, he converted to Islam. That's, I think that's what it was. That, yeah, that, it was. Yes, he that was part of the reason. That was about. Because I'm also talking about how, how he would dress. How he would, because I'm used to the Q-tip with the with the backwards cap and the and the and the, and the you know. With the urban gear and rapping and everything like that, especially the Q-tip, flim flam flim, lick my big black stuff. Q-tip. Now you got this other guy with a band and it's rock and roll. He's jumping around, and I get it. He's an artist, artistic expression. And I'm glad you brought a Q-tip because Q-tip at times, I think between, 
I think Beats Rhymes of Life and leading up to Amplify, he was featured on Janet Jackson's record, Raphael Sadiq record for the PJ soundtrack. Yes, it's that show, by the way. Oh, uh, yeah. It's the S-A-W-D-I-Q. I'm going to get involved with you. That was my shit. Uh, yeah, that's fire. That's fire. So, yeah. so why y'all think Q-Tip was the only successful one in the group? I think he was more consistent a bit. He was consistent, and of course, you know, you got violator management. And and then another, and I felt like Q-Tip was more talked about than Fife, and uh, and people will always say Fife was more of a better lyricist than Q-Tip, but Q-Tip was always the talkative one of them all. That's yeah. that, and I didn't like that because I love Fife dearly too. Yeah, Q tip, Q tip has said that uh, Fife was lazy at times, and he would have to try to motivate him. And I feel, I feel like that might have been it. You know, Q tip had produced for you know Nas, and you know Mob he was around Deep. the industry. Yeah, Mob Deep, right. you know, and Fife kind of, you know, you didn't see him on features on other people's albums or anything like that. He just really stayed tribe. So, you know, he chose not to get himself out there the way Q-Tip did. And, and 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 Tip is always looking for sound. You know what I mean? He's always looking for ways to express his art through production because he sat down with Pete Rock. He sat down with Large Professor. He sat down with DJ Premier. He's a sponge. Tip is learning. And he's putting this all together. And shout out to Fife because Fife, Fife came out with the uh, ventilation, the LP. That came out in 2000. I like the song Thought You Was Nice. Yeah. Fife yeah. rap. And that was a Dilla Fife, beat. Fife is a rapper. Yeah. Word. That was a Dilla beat. There you go. High Tech was Alphabet Soup. It's a high tech beat. Drugs. Yo, it's a high shout tech out to high beat. Tech. He gets, high Tech is underrated producer. Shout out to him. Absolutely. Pete Rock was on this album. You know what I mean? Like Fife, Fife came out. I actually heard that he actually sent some 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 subliminal shots at, at Q-Tip. I wouldn't be surprised. To I check said, uh, man, that broke my heart. I said, oh no, it's come to that now. Because and I don't we, see, because I don't see Q-Tip getting getting in no diss record battle or anything like that. Nope. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh man, and and it's it, it's crazy because this is the only um only solo album that Fife was able to come out with in 2000. And I love Fife because he also represented for Trinidad, you know, his, his Trini roots. He always told you who he was. And that's yeah. the five-foot freak, people. Yeah, so, and, and as far as Jerobi, you know, Jerobi was always the hype man. You know, Jerobi was always there. He was the energy of the group. They said it. If you take Tribe Call Quest and create a character, it would be Jerobi. Yep, I And Jerobi took good care of Fife, too. He really did. People sleep on that. Yeah. All right. Mo- moving on. Uh, well, this group, I don't think we're going to spend a, a good amount of time on. Um, Junior Mafia. Junior Mafia. Now, boom, 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 I don't boom, count Biggie boom, as, a, as a member of the group, per se. No, so, no, no. I agree with you. So, honestly... The most successful, obviously, is Lil' Kim, and then we we could give second place to C's because he had that one album, and then yeah. got knocked out, and then got knocked out by Mano. And hey, 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 Would you like me to bring up the Rucker incident since you want to keep bringing up C's getting knocked out by Mano? 
Well, you might as well since we already banned Harlem. <laughs> Here we go. Anybody banned from no damn Harlem? I don't know what you're talking about, man. Because I don't know why you want to bring up him getting knocked out by Mano. That's that's that that's whack. That's not what we're here for. Well, and I actually wanted to ask you: Can you tell the people what Mafia stand for? Yo, I forgot what the acronym meant. All right, it, it's it's Masters at Finding Intelligent Attitudes. Mm-hmm. Well, wow. remember, that's mafia always had mafia always had the dot, so that was mostly an acronym for something, right? Uh. And when you look at the group, besides Lil Kim and Lil C's, because we talked about the group, so we can't. We got to mention Trife, we got to mention Lawsony, Nino Brown, Chico, Chico Plesto, the vet. yep, Capone and Bugsy. And, and I love that first album. N- Conspiracy was dope, but none of them. Yeah, was good oh yeah, man. Shout out to Aaliyah, too. God bless Aaliyah. She was in the video singing. The oh, on the single. Right tonight. Or tonight. I think it was called. And my main but, man, Tommy. Tommy was in the video, man. You know, the thing about the, the Junior Mafia, which sucks, and I always said this, and I know QG, you you, you said the reason. It, it just felt like a three-man show. Yeah. There's a reason for that. And, and it goes to what everybody was talking about. The theme of today, people, according to my man, the Barber MC, is the drive. Yep. And Biggie did an interview with um, Joe Claire on Rap City, and he discussed this. He said, Lil' Kim is in the studio grinding. So she's coming out. C's is working on his joint. He's coming out. If everybody is on the grind, if anybody want to work, then they'll come out. But it's like nobody wanted to really work. You got to push them to work. Kim is hungry. So she's going to be in the studio. That's why that's why she's a success, because she's hungry. Yeah, she wanted to make it. She wanted to make it. So she put her all into it. And she listened to Big when Big was telling her what records to make. He wrote for her and you know i mean these is big man that's his man that's his heart right there so he want to see c's do his thing too he probably had to push c's a little more because you 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 could see it because c's was on features and stuff like that c's came out with his albums too but you could see who wanted it more out of junior mafia that was Lil kim that was big mama she was the lieutenant for a reason and she showed out on that conspiracy. Mm-hmm. She really did. Hardcore debut. Everybody, oh, yeah. I mean, backstabbers. everybody else. Backstabbers was tight. That was dope. Oh man, I love that song. That song was crazy. Sick I mean, sample. But 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 the funny thing about it, I like Klepto. I thought Klepto was nice. Yeah. I thought Klepto I thought at so one too. point was going to come out with an album. I yeah. thought Klepto was going to come out with something dope. Because him and Big did that song together, Oh My Lord. Mm. <laughs> there you go. You know what I mean? And That's my shit, too. That, that shit is fire. You know what I mean? Um, who was the other guy? Who was the guy in... Um, Chico Vec. That oh, Larceny? Larceny. Larceny. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like because, because it was the single, you know, tonight. It, mm-hmm. was, it, was, it was Kim. It was Klepto. And that was Larceny rapping? Yeah. I thought he was dope too. 
You know what sucks about that? You brought that record up because is that the song Aaliyah was featured on on the hook? Yeah, man, Aaliyah and, and Tommy. I mentioned Tommy. Tommy was in the video. Tommy from the Martin Show. Yep. Because it sucks that that song is a nice song, but people always talk about the breakout, get money. Who? That damn little Kim. Man, oh man, what a song. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, you, you, you know what's interesting? You could tell with Biggie who he poured his energy into because you got to want it. Kim wanted it, so he poured a lot of attention in the in the. And I need to point out, the group Junior Mafia was formed with three separate groups. Yep. You had you had triple sixes, which is C's, Capone, and I think Chico, Clip, Chico, Nino. Yep. Right. The Snakes is with yep. Larceny and Trife. Yeah, Trife. Klepto was a solo artist. You, you know what I mean? So. And then Kim came in, and then Big was the glue. He put them all together because he said in an interview, I got on, they my peoples, they going to get on. And the album did very good. It went gold. And and, and, and who could forget Player's Anthem? Doom, doom, what a song. Doom, what a song, doom, man. Come doom, on. Anytime you doom. got Big or anything, you got, you got and, and that's the thing. It's kind of unfair. It's kind of unfair because even though Junior Mafia, even though Big found Junior Mafia, anytime Big got out on a song with Junior Mafia, he killed them on it. <laughs> well, of course. I mean, That's Biggie I, mean you, man. I mean, when you look at Biggie, I mean, after the success and the, 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 the drive from Ready to Die, of course he's going to stay consistent on that shit. But it's a shame after, you know, once he died, once Big died, that's when everything crumbled. Everything I think what was that. their first single after he died? What was a biggie off his Born Again? Yeah, yeah, it was off the Born Again uh, album. And then they came with, and then they came with another record. What was it? Oh shit! See, as I would say, um, after Conspiracy, it was Riot music. Yeah, which that was, was terrible. That was. We're talking about. Yeah, like. Ten just years. three of them there. Right. It was just three. Biggie's dead. People. The lieutenant's not there. In other words, that'll be little Kim. Right. It, it, it was terrible. Because and, now and, and, yep. we touched on it about what happened with little Kim. In one of our in one of our episodes, it's in the archives. There was the you know she started dissing the Junior Mafia members. She said, F Junior Mafia, that chapter's through. Her and C started getting to it. This alluded to what Candyman brought up about Mano knocking out little C's. Like, it was, like, it was just a... And, and again, with C's, Crush on You was a huge hit. Yeah. That's a fire record. And you know what sucks? They always played the Little Kim version with him. I love that version better. I love that ver- No, this to C's. But little Kim went off. That yeah. second verse, forget it. And I got and I and I'm gonna give credit where credit is due. Shout out to Cameron. Cameron wrote the song. That's Cam- Cameron. 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 Yeah. Yeah. He, he mentioned it. He wrote it. Yeah. Didn't Cameron at one point do stuff with Dream Mafia? Was it called Casanova or something like that? Because, well, he he was right. brought in through Un. Right. Lance on Rivera brought. 
Cam in, and, and that was Big's man, and, and you know, I mean, it was going to be entertainment. It was going to be something that Big and Un was doing. And, you know, Big, you know, unfortunately, you know, Big was taken from us. Yeah. Un kept it going with Cam, but, you know, Cam Cam had that respect from Big. Big liked him. Biggie did like Cam a lot. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, let me ask y'all. So, so why the rest of the group ain't amount to nothing outside of Lil' Kim and... A little bit of loose. Uh, I, I, I think I, I'm about to say, Eric, give it away again. Tell right. them over and over. <laughs> be that drive. That's the word, drive. Because when if, you look at the, because when you look at the other members, what did they do afterwards? Uh, they weren't featured on any other Kim albums. I mean, C's was always still around, but you didn't get what Kim was doing. Kim was doing more. She was hungry. She was hungry. If anything, she was more hungry than anything. Mm-hmm. That includes C's. Like C's got around, but C's, but see, the only thing with C's is he was featured on a couple of bad boy songs, but Kim was featured everywhere else. She's had yeah. a relationship with well, Missy, well, well, Aaliyah. Well, 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 Mac, Mac, let, let's not forget your other family member, Joe Hooker, was on that C's record. You don't want to play around with me. Oh, no, I'll rush you. <laughs> he was all over the place at that time with them. C's tried. She I actually, tried to come out you know with what? You got actually, that album, don't you? I have that album. I, I actually like the Little C's album. Uh, the, wonderful world the Wonderful yeah. World. The Wonderful, the wonderful World of Caesar Leo. <laughs> of course, man. You you know you know what my favorite song is, Girlfriend with Kelly Price. Oh, and I also like up, that. Uh, what's up with that album cover? Yeah, yeah it's kind of weird. <laughs> it, make, it didn't make me want to pick it up at first. Like, oh, what's this? Yo, not to mention, uh, even though uh, even though you know, I don't think Carl Thomas know a thing about chicken heads. But Chicken Heads was my was my shit on that album too. Cause you know Carl Thomas, he liked to twirl around in the rain in the summer. You show you respectful, he whoops your ass. Carl Thomas <laughs> my ass. Nobody checking for that man. You stop it. That's your narrative today. That's your narrative. Today. <laughs> I like it. Nobody checking for that man. Oh, don't worry. But, uh, <laughs> don't worry. When we get when we get to one of these other groups, I'm gonna tell you who nobody checking for. Don't don't get yeah, me back. Don't tonight. hear it. Uh, don't yeah. get me back. Uh, uh, yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling I know what you're gonna say, but uh, yeah, yeah. Up, up next, we're gonna take a, a trip to Houston, Texas. Let's talk about the Ghetto Boys. Star I stood Bay. alone in my four corner room staring at candles. Mm-hmm. Oh, Scarface, the radio dupes. Scarface, Bushwick, Bill, and uh, really and Willie E. Wow. I'm not. Man. I'm not even gonna lie. I wish, I wish I got into more into Ghetto Boys back then because I didn't get a chance to listen to them until like years later. Damn, yeah. it feel good to be a gangster. Well, <laughs> obviously, Besides that. Scar- Scarface obviously is the uh, the the clear cut most successful one in the group. Right. Um, Absolutely. God, God, God forgive me for laughing at the dead, but <laughs> you see what I'm talking about here? Man. What is your problem? Bro. <laughs> yo, midgets make me laugh, man. Don't midgets I, make don't you laugh. laugh. Yo, yo, I'm about to, I'm about to laugh at Fit War Weeby's death. I'm not laughing at his death. I just it's just the fact that he was a midget. Come on, don't be insensitive. He was three foot eight. Well, but um and he was a he actually joined the group as a dancer. He was called yeah. uh, L- Little Billy. <laughs> you see, you see. Oh man, there you go. Oh, I got him started. <laughs> there he go laughing. But but let's point out. 
that the ghetto boys was actually i mean the ghetto boys was actually a big group because besides willie d scarvis bushwick bill you had prince johnny c you had raheem you had sir rap a lot you had the sire jukebox you had dj ready red and you had big mike so obviously with groups as time goes on things change you know people leave and things get different the ghetto boys to their credit when we talk about southern rap when we talk about gangster rap you got to put these guys in the forefront they were out they started in 1986 and you know they're from texas and again mac already alluded earlier you know with mind playing tricks on me which is one of the which is one of the certified classic songs of um of the group's catalog and you know for me i got into them in 1991 with we can't be stopped and what what, what did it for me was the album cover yeah because it. that's actually a real life cover that's a real life cover because you got and correct me if i'm wrong mac you could back me up bushwick bill tried to commit suicide shot himself in the eye yeah right. he was at, it was supposedly he had a tussle with his girlfriend over the gun and that was scary because I remember seeing Bushwick Bill and I was like, man, what what happened to your eye? You know what I mean? I didn't know the story until he did the interview. And, and Mind Playing Tricks on Me was on this album. And the sad part is he still regrets doing that album cover because when you do an album cover like that, that's still going to hurt you and, and still haunt that. you to this day. Not even, not even that. God damn the record label, man, because as the story goes, uh, he didn't want to do that album cover. They they took him out uh, while he while the wound was still fresh, peeled down the bandage, and I'm just like, yo, like that's so wrong. So wrong. And so rap wrong. a lot. That's on rap a lot records. That's rap a lot records. Exactly. You know, um, what really with this group, besides their hardcore lyrics, they were accused of misogyny. <laughs> they were accused of being too violent. They were accused of so many different things. But people love the Ghetto Boys. They love their tapes. Now, Scarface has that unique delivery and storytelling capability. Willie D was just a hardcore in-your-face. He was like, if you want to compare it with N.W.A., Face is like Ice Cube. Willie D is like MC Ren. MC Ren. He had that. That's, that's, that's why Willie D doesn't get the props he deserved, because as good as he is, he's one of them in-your-face, aggressive Face had that appeal where he can be aggressive, but he knows how to make a song. That's why when that's why a lot of rappers till this day, they listen to the Ghetto Boys, but they really, really like Scarface. So when Scarface went solo, that's when they really started to see what he can do. Because what did Scarface give us? Scarface gave us so many different great albums. I'm talking, I mean the diary. Untouchable, all these different joints. Yo, he was labeled my, the king my, of the south for a reason. My favorite shit is the one with Ice Cube. That song, oh, and over the dead, dead body. body. Oh my god, that's my and song right there. And, and and again, what really, what also made Scarface um, successful, Candyman and E, Def Jam South. Well, yeah, not only well, that, when he was still a member of the Ghetto Boys on Rap a Lot, if you pay attention, um. When it came time to do features, he was really the only one doing features. 
Exactly. And um and shout outs to Cool G Rap because Cool G Rap was all the way in New York and um on on Live and Let Die he had um Ice Cube and um and Scarface up for a feature like Scarface was all over the place he was doing well, songs with Beanie, right doing songs right. with Beanie Siegel doing songs right. with Nas but ain't what nobody, I, right ain't right, nobody but, was checking for the other two on 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 no outside projects but what I wanted to allude to was his ability to to to, to find talent Ludacris. Devin the dude, he 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 found talent and he pushed talent and gave them chances to be on his album and gave them deals. So his ability to look for the future talent was also a reason why Scarface has that longevity. I mean, Smile with Pac is one of my favorite records ever. Yeah, I never understood like that song just based on the title because I felt like if it almost felt like a Tupac song featuring Scarface. It did. It yeah. did. Pac had two verses on it. <laughs> Pac had a lot to get off his chest, and he did. Oh, that third verse told it all. And Pac, Pac respected Scarface. He really did. And 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 the, and the feeling was mutual. Um, you know, Bushwick Bill. You know he he came out with his with his solos, and and again, God bless the dead. You know, I mean, he um, his passing was uh, you know was a tough one, you know, because um, he died of stage four pancreatic cancer. That was back in 2019. And, you know, I mean, the Ghetto Boys, even though they weren't doing records like the last album they came out with was, what, 2005? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, they would still do shows here and there. And, and again, prayers for Scarface because he's been battling ailments as well. Since, since COVID, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. You know, that's... That's another guy right there. Um, you know, Willie D also, he was also big in boxing. He, there's, a, there's a story that he actually knocked out Melly Mel by, by accident at a charity boxing event in 1992. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, with a headbutt. Oh, man, what? Accidentally. It was an accident, you know, but um, Willie D is another guy that he... Oh, and, and 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 Alfred, you would like the fact of Willie D's uh, second album. Do you know what it's called? No. I'm going out like a soldier, so you should pick it up. <laughs> that 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 makes me smile. Yeah, yeah. That came out in 1992, so you should check it out. <laughs> but um, why, yeah. why, but again, the popular question of the night: Why do I think Bushwick Bill and, and Willie D didn't go nowhere? I think Willie Willie was getting accused of being too much of a misogynist, and his yeah. lyrics his lyrics were so aggressive. Like he was getting criticized all over the place, all over the place, and it's like I mean I mean yeah, when you look I mean I mean Ice Ice Cube paid homage when you said Willie D told him to let a hoe be a hoe. Yeah, hey Willie D was talking about the bitches and the hoes out there, and a lot of women, a lot of women were mad at Willie D. He's like, damn, well, you know, be. In fact, I heard a rumor that Queen Latifah did a response to one of Willie D's records. Damn, Latifah's had it up to here as a direct response. Well, at least it wasn't the lack of drive this time, and uh, <laughs> but uh. Moving on, uh, out of the out of the, the oh, ghetto boys. Oh boy, I can't wait for this one. We're gonna talk about a group that's near and dear to my heart. Oh, nobody's checking for them. What are you kidding? Hey, 
It's the hot boys. The hot boys ain't on fire. The hot wait, boys. wait, wait, wait. No, 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 it was. It but was. That's besides but, the... <laughs> you know what? I'm let's gonna, let's talk about it. Is, when this podcast is over, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch Hot Boys on DVD. But anyway, uh, well, well, since this is near dear to your heart, why don't you tell everybody about the Hot Boys, Alfred? So the Hot Boys from the 504, New Orleans, Louisiana, USA, home of Popeyes and Church's Chicken. Ah, uh, Louisiana Popeyes. <laughs> and, and even though even though that lady was from Chicago, it still upsets me to this day. She but, was uh, no, 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 no. She's from the third ward. What you talking about? Anywho, I did my research. But um, but yeah, so the, the group was on Cash Money back in the 90s. It was um Juvenile, BG, Turk, and Lil Wayne. And uh, they came out with two albums. They came out with Get It How You Live and Guerrilla Warfare. And then the third album came out after... After the group had already broken up, it was uh, a, a compilation of uh, unreleased tracks that they tried to market as new. But um, the most successful member of the group is Juvenile, even though I think he's the second most talented in the group. But um, <laughs> what you mean, bro? <laughs> BG was hungry, bro. That man Nobody was hungry. For BG. BG, B- BG was sleepy. He sounded, sleepy? He sounded, he sounded like a cat ate an auto-tune device with that wah. Well, that now, was just on. after Cash oh, Money, you, though. You, 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 can't you, count can't that. Include, you, you can't include Wan, because he never did Wan until 2008. <laughs> Don't that sound like a dying baby getting caught with a saw knife? Wait, wait. He didn't do Wan. I thought he did Wan. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, y'all got to stop actually, this. Actually, actually, Candy Man, that's the big boss man. My daddy, Wan, 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 Wan. Yo, stop it. Stop it, stop it. And then you had Lil Wayne and then you had Turk, man. But um nah, but like they and then even the solo albums, bro. Like I like juvenile like obviously the group is gonna have a breakout star is juvenile because you know back that ass up was was the song in the summer for the nine nine and the two thousand. But um uh QG, do you wanna also make another request of a service? <laughs> <laughs> well, BG, well, that's you that bad. That's you that badass bitch, son. You gotta go to court, huh? Juvenile gotta, made history. He made gotta, history. <laughs> make, you, he made you a song asking nothing but questions. <laughs> you got you to serve a subpoena for child support, huh? How about that nerve, huh? Is that you and that big body Benz, huh? Yeah. Nothing, nothing but questions. <laughs> Jay Z came on the remix and didn't ask no questions. But I gotta. But 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 speaking of questions, and since it's, and since it's, since this is your background, um, Al. Yeah. Do you feel like they were supposed to come together as a group, or what? Would it have been just better off if they all just kept coming with solo albums, like Juvie solo, Wayne solo, Turk solo, beat? You like? What I'm do you not think? even going. Oh, Al, you go first. Well, um, and Manny first said this on um on the docu series Hip Hop Evolution, which is on Netflix, which I recommend everybody go and check out. They put them together on purpose because they mm. wanted a, a hip-hop equivalent to a boy band. And with the, exception, with the exception of Juvenile, who was much older, you know, at the time the group formed, BG was in his teens. Late, he was in his late teens. Wayne was in his, his young teens. Uh, Turk was in his late teens. 
And then juvenile, it was for the adults. So I, it was intentional. And um, as you notice, Cash Money grouped up a lot of people because um, Big Timers was also grouped up together. Everybody on the roster was grouped up together. So um, definitely it was an intentional move. And I think it was a smart move because, like, let's say, for example, you're a consumer. And this, mind you, this is in the 90s. There's no Napster was just on the rise, but not everybody had a computer back then. So, like, let's say you like you like you like juvenile, but you're not sure about BG. You just cop the group album so you can hear it, you can hear it for yourself if you're gonna like BG or not. I can understand that point. And I the- like them. I like them together. I enjoyed when they got together, and 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 I agreed with what they said about you know when they got to the studio and wrote their raps together. They were also competitive. Everybody wanted to have the best verse. Everybody was trying to have the best verse, and like I, I like the way I, the album. I, I, you go. I'm sorry. I'll... No, no, that's no, all yeah. good. Um, I like the I like the way that their albums were formatted because in the group albums they gave each member of the group a solo track. Mm. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's but dope. what what you was what you was gonna say, Tio? You could tell by the way on We on Fire that they was competing with each other. Oh, I like yeah. that song. I lo- I I, I ain't gonna yeah, lie. Bad. I like We on Fire. Jude by the me, way. What happened? I gotta, I gotta state this. I don't understand why every Cash Money video in that era, the floor had to go on fire or something in the background. It was all that, that, that was the theme. Everything that was had the to theme. do with fire. Every single time, it was fire. If you pay close attention um, to that uh, "We on Fire" music video, at the, going toward the end of the video where the cops chasing them and they on the roof, they clothes is on fire. Yeah, a lot of people didn't see that, but you know what the thing is. Uh, we we don't talk about this part of the hot boys because we like you could say that Main Street wise they came on the song We on Fire, but we forget both them and Big Thomas appeared on um Three Six Mafia song. Player why you hate hate player why you hate player why you hate and Birdman had to yo this nigga what Birdman what the hell yo, Al, what the hell was he talking Bird, about this nigga Birdman on the verse said he said. My baby mama, she pre- I put her on birth control, but she pregnant again. <laughs> you see what I... Birdman with his nonsense. You see what I'm saying? Oh, man, what a funny dude. But I get what you're coming from. I felt also it was an experiment. Because Get It How You Live sold 400,000 copies. Not bad. 100,000 shy of gold. Right. But then when Guerrilla Warfare came out, that went platinum, and this is 1999. But you know why it went platinum? Because 400 Degrees came out the year before, so everybody was on the hype train. And that goes to show you who the man was. Oh, stop it. The man was juvenile. Come on. So but can uh, you tell me? But can you tell me about that No Limit record disc track number four called Help? <laughs> you gotta holla help. What was that, right. man? I guess that was the precursor to BG going when. No, I'm talking about the No Limit record disc. Nah, they they just they like it was a lot of subtle No Limit disses in Cash Money's uh, uh, catalog at the time. Like I said, you you listen to uh. You listen to uh, The Block Is Hot, Lil Wayne's first album, on the song Come On. He says, I ain't the colonel in no goddamn tank. So they, I mean, it, <laughs> you did how'd say you that. feel about that? How'd you feel about that, man? Oh, man, I was, I, I was like, yo, why, 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 why y'all dissing the colonel, man? The colonel ain't do nothing to y'all. The colonel wasn't in reference. And this is New Orleans versus New Orleans. And they Civil ain't even War. born from each other. Nah, but, but here's the thing, though, right? Like, they all had success. 
early on in the group because 400 degrees platinum yep. chopper city in the ghetto which chopper city in the ghetto a lot of people forget bling bling is on that album and yes, bling, yeah. bling, after, yeah. after that song bling became an official word in the dictionary yes it did and, now, and then uh yep. the block is hot platinum the uh gorilla warfare platinum so i mean they all had the only one who ain't had success was Turk, and I, I, I could tell you why Turk ain't had no success. Tell us. So, as the story goes, they about to film the music video for Bling Bling, right? They Turk don't show up. Manny Fresh calling him, like, yo, where you at? They sent BG to go get Turk. Turk is zooted out of his mind, high as a kite. No, mm. con- no condition to be in any type of video. So that's L- why, if you ever way. noticed... If Lil you Wayne notice, did his verse. Lil Wayne has a verse in the video, but he don't have a verse on the album version of the song. Yep, that's true. Because Wayne was only on the hook. Wayne on the was album only version. on the hook. He was like, tell me what kind of nigga got to watch that a fucking blind you. Like, he didn't even have the he didn't even have the hook. Well, yeah, he had the hook. He had the hook, and he's talking a little trash at the end, but he didn't have no actual verse. So... Yeah, that's why uh, that's why you don't see Turk. He's not even in the background of the music. Well, he's in the background of the music video because he showed up late. But that's and, why he was, and, and, and I liked him. Like other than Ju- Juvenile being my dude, Twerk was Twerk was my dude. Like I actually liked the way he rapped. I thought he was dope. I mean, the young Wayne. I thought Wayne. Was, I, the whole group was tight. I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna lie. I felt like Turk and Wayne almost tried to sound each other. I felt like the only one yes, who really did. had. I agree. I really, I felt like the only one who really had the best style because he was his own man was Juvenile. Yep. Juvenile was so recognizable. BG is recognizable too because he had a deep voice. And you know what? You know what record proves that? On what? the Born Again album. Niggas bleed. I hope because, you niggas sleep. Because Twerk and Wayne, I had to really pay attention, like who was who. But then I listened, I said, Iceberg shouted, Lord have mercy. That's Wayne talking that mess. Yeah, yeah, you. I, I could tell the difference between the two because Wayne always sounded like he had a chest cold. <laughs> <laughs> but um, now, nah, but what hurt, what hurt Turk also was the marketing because um, BG had albums in ni- two albums in '97. He had an album in '99. He had an album in 2000. Juvenile has an album in '98. He's got well, no, album no, no, in- no, no, no. You said that wrong. '99 and 2000. He I had an album that. in '99 and 2000 <laughs> and 2001. But the, right. you get to Wayne, he has an album in 99 and 2000. You get to Turk, it takes them all the way to 2001 for him to have an album, Untamed Gorilla. Mm. And I'm like, yo, this man been on this label since the end of 96. Why he? Mm. Why, why it took five years to get an album? Wasn't he um, locked up here and there, too? Yes, not, he not, not, not during the Hot Boys era. He went to jail in 03. Mm, okay. But I'm just like, yo, how it take... Th- how it took him so long to to get an album? Like, what's wrong here? So, I think I think once Juvenile set the standard mainstream wise, it was tough for him. And then if you also realize he didn't get an album till Juvenile left, because Juvenile was not on that album at all as a feature. He had already nope. dipped. And BG, but but the, the group was fragmented by that time because BG only did one, um one song on the album and he only appeared on the hook. So it's just like, why did the group split? BG said he was old money. Juvenile said he was old money. Turk said he was old money. So they so they dipped. And I feel like Birdman was just mostly focusing on Lil Wayne. Right. That's why I feel like it was a secret society between those two. And it's sad because I mean, 
after cash money. Like, they, none of them other than Wayne really had a run. I mean, some people will say, well, and then a lot of people don't know, Juvenile actually ended up going back. Because if you look at um, Juvie the Great, which Slow Motion is on, that's yep. a Cash Money album. He went back to Cash Money. Yes, he did. So, I mean, no offense. And I love Juvie, but reality check, man. Talk, talk about, who that, say that, you want to ride the rodeo. I like, like that song, man. Don't hate, don't hate. Nah, don't man. Hate. He was working with yeah, well, Dre. I mean, I mean, I mean, oh, I mean what's, happening? That, what's happening? What's happening? What's happening? Nah, what's happening? Nah, but his um, his his vocals changed. He went from you got a big body bands on to you want to do the rodeo, and I'm just like, yo, like what happened? Like somebody I'm, somebody stabbed you in your throat? It's well, true. He well, did well, change his voice. He did change because remember, I need it in my life. I didn't. Oh, like I hate that song. I didn't like I that song. In my life. <laughs> what's it, Manny French on that song? Manny Fresh produced that, yeah, and he he was on the song. But you see, and and that's another narrative. The vocals. You got BG changing his vocals. You got Juvie changing. You got Wayne changing his vocals. What's up with these guys? Man? Well, here's the thing. Wayne grew up. His voice was. He, he was never gonna Stop sound it. like he had a. You Stop call it. that Stop growing like, up? You call that growing up? That's that was growing up. That was more like throwing up. That's what it Bro, was. Bro, <laughs> and the thirty-year-old you are not gonna sound the same. Bruh, on Hello Brooklyn. Hello Brooklyn. Hey, you, you sound like Mike Tyson. <laughs> and if yeah. man, I could be your man. Oh, come on now. You, you tell that? me that. You call that growth? Well, I tell you one. I tell you one thing. I feel bad because like BG, like after he left Cash Money, like yeah. I, I feel like because he didn't have the major, the major label machine behind him, it just wasn't the same. Because, like, he released Living Legend. I don't know who told BG to, to make a two-disc album. I mean, it went gold, so I give him some credit, but... Right. I don't know who told that man to make a two-disc album. And I love BG. He's my favorite member of the Hot Boys. Did he just win on the fight, maybe? Yeah, that was called... <laughs> that was great. I enjoyed that. that if was you great. want something, come get some. I'm like, oh, God, what is he talking about now? And then he had a whole album that dissed Cash Money, Life After Cash Money. Mm. Yep. And I'm just like, yo, like, like what's like, what's going on here? So, but, but all his albums, and then Heart of the Streets, Volume 1, and your personal favorite, Heart of the Streets, Volume 2, where he has that song with Manny Fresh. Uh, <laughs> Manny Fresh, I don't understand that hook. I grew up on bread and bologna. Oh, man, cool. <laughs> Damn. Uh, well, uh, heard, you know what? And that's always been my biggest problem with Manny Fresh. Because sometimes, like, expect, some of the stuff he says, beat the dick like a drummer chick. <laughs> Oh, or like, or like when he said, "You like Burger King? Then take a piece of the Whopper Dingaling." What's like, up with yo. that, man? Yo, nothing beats what he said on that song. Get your roll on. What the oh hell were they? God, God, God damn! damn. Bubba, Bubba, so, he's a good sucker. Oh man! Nah, they were hey. some nasty. They were some nasty motherfuckers. Or like on um, on on number on, on number. Your man Birdman was an asshole. He's like, don't worry about your bitch. She coming with me. Nah, what he nah. say? What he say on number one stunner? Nah, he's like, he said, fresh fuck up in the ass while I beat up the pussies. I was like, nah. Why y'all gotta talk about what y'all be doing, man? 
See, and that, that, that was a good <laughs> Nah, but I but nah, your favorite song, man. Your 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 favorite song. Ladies and gentlemen, that's my favorite. That's your favorite. Wait for it. Just wait for it. Oh man. Wait, the the man really about to hit, sit here and talk about baloney, man. <laughs> Yo. Get a homie. There you go. Just the way he says it, nah, man. man. I was raised on bread and baloney. Yeah. Baloney. Baloney. But yo, hey. we can't we can't forget about house will be. Cars will be. Yo, nah. Shout oh, out to Manny so Fresh though, because I never wanted a garage with an elevator until he said it in a song. <laughs> What a mess, man. But but nah, man. I think I think Turk lack of hustle and and uh, and BG's um just didn't have the machine behind him. He didn't get the machine behind him until he said, signed the grand hustle. But by that time, it was too late. And and legal and troubles too with BG. Oh, yeah. by the way, shout out shout out to Ti for holding holding BG down, man. Like that was real dope to see that man on Grand Hustle on one last go around. Small um, tidbit too: uh, BG's son is signed to Currency's Jet Life Records. Ty. Oh, Ty, yeah. yeah. I completely oh. forgot about that. And Ty's wow. last mixtape, he took he 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 paid homage to his pops. Yeah. Um, I forget what the name of the mixtape is, but it, it uses the cover from Son of um, a Gangster too. Yeah, son uh, of a gangster. That's he, real cool. He, he did his own version of Clean Up Man. That shit is hard. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, I think BG released the single, but I know it was tough to do it after. What was the song? I Know and Lil Wayne was on the yeah. hook. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. But, that, um, that was a hot beat, man, he did. And also, to, to touch on Eric's point about BG's son, um, he's actually been hanging out and making a lot of music with um Soldier Slim's son, who whose name is Lil Soldier Slim. So rest in peace to the Slim. Rest in peace, Soldier. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. now going to our last group that we're gonna talk about. Oh boy. Right. We're gonna talk about uh Styles, Sheik, and Jada's the lot. If you think I'm jiggy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just you know, you know. Uh, Oh, you forgot to do the beat. Doom, 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 doom. Ah, ah. But, what uh, the hell was that? That's how the beat go. <laughs> right, right. Jada we got the locks. Jada oh, is a classic laugh. Yo, I love Jada, but every time he do that laugh, man, I feel like he be wheezing, like he have an asthma attack. <laughs> oh, man. But by the way, real quick, before we get into the locks, yo, shout out to Jada, because... um. Uh, last January, I went to Texas um, for a week, and I was in the airport in JFK, and I bumped into Jada. He was um, nice. he was arriving, coming into New York, and I was on my way out, and um, I just I I just bumped into him, gave him a dab. I was like, yo, like I'm not I'm not going crazy, asking a man for no autograph or no picture, but like he he took time out. I know he had to move, but he took time out to talk to me for like two minutes. Told that man I appreciated his music and kept pushing. He wasn't an asshole to me. He was pretty cool. And Al, I don't want to hear shit about me running into people anymore. Bro, I ran into <laughs> one person. You, you, you know everybody. That's you true. ran? Didn't you say you ran into Snoop Dogg? One time. One time. Okay, two people. 
Bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. But bro. Mac, the difference is you actually have real conversations with him. Like you smoke the big L and you know. I, I did mean, not speak the big L like bro, that. Bro, bro, you you knew the man to the point where you could call him Lamont. Exactly. <laughs> you think I could have walked up to Snoop and said, "Yo, what's good, Calvin?" Like, exactly. I, I just I didn't call him Lamont. I heard people call him Lamont. Bro, but you could do it and get away with it if you wanted to. He was okay with that. That's, you see. I mean, when you look at certain people, certain people don't mind being called their real name in the hood or like in their hometown. But the good news is about the locks and and they're still together, even though yep. they could do their solo albums. They always come back together. There's there's a there's a brotherly love with these guys. And, you know, to give people some background, a.k.a. the Warlocks. That's when I first heard about them. I didn't know them as the Locks. I heard of them as the Warlocks. I heard about Warlocks. Back in the beginning. And and I guess with the marketing machine and bad boy, you know, you you cut it short. The Locks. And shout out to Sheik. Shout out to Style. Shout out to Jada. The first time I heard the Locks was on the Biggie Life After Death album on the song Last Day. And to me. I felt Sheik, Sheik was my favorite member at the time. His verse was incredible. He had the first verse. And listening to Jadakiss and the way he was rhyming, do you guys remember his verse on Last Day? Uh, vaguely. I mean, E, you could back me up. Yep. The man said, perhaps for instance, I give this faggot a French kiss. Hmm. I said, oh, no. What are you talking about? Wild. Yeah, I, I didn't understand that at all. I said, you crazy. But the verse was fire. But, and then Styles, Styles is Styles. You know what I mean? I, I, I said, yo, these guys is dope. And just being on the Biggie album made me a fan. So then when Money, Power, and Respect came out, which was, you know I mean, come on. That song is just super fire. And, and 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 then the features that they did, you know what I mean? Um, I think the issue here is in terms of marketability. Jadakiss, yeah. Jadakiss and Styles, when they get together to, to do their tag team thing, line for line, bar for bar, it's incredible. And you got a taste of that on the Nori record band for TV. That's one of the best verses I've ever seen with that. Incredible. Incredible. And again, I don't think Sheik gets the credit he deserves. Sheik is the silverback gorilla. We know this. I think Jada, Jada had Jada's production, the type of beats he likes, his ability to make those radio-friendly records, because he's got those love songs. You're not gonna get love songs like that from Styles P and Sheik. No way. If you get a love song from Styles P, he's gonna stab somebody while he's doing it. <laughs> nah, Sheik but is you gonna, know, you, Sheik is you gonna know. beat somebody up. You know my favorite Styles P solo song, though, right? What is what? it? Blow my mind. Blow my mind. That's the only Shout Swizz out. hook I could take. Shout outs to my man, Swizz. No, now, you like you like the Swizz beat hook on the Tupac record. What? No, we don't. What the hell no. Are you crazy? That shit was garbage. Now, not losing track. Con- con- um, continuing on. Styles... Styles production is different too. Styles got these hard beats. Shout out to Vinny Idol, which I love when he works with Vinny Idol. Word. And then, you know, again, you got critical acclaim solo albums. Kiss the Game Goodbye was my favorite album that whole summer. I did damn, not stop playing damn, it. Damn. Damn. 
you had we gonna make it. You had you had put your hands up. Nah, fuck that. Put your hands down. You had all these. <laughs> Yo, that, I'm, so, I'm sorry. That looks so like You you know what you know what my favorite song on that album is, right? Uh, what is it? What you ride for? Because he put my man, Mr. Womp Womp Fiend, on the track. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, you had knocked yourself out on there. Yeah. You can tell Jed had fun on that Neptune's beat. And then, and then when you go to Styles P, you can't get enough of a gangster and a gentleman. What an album! A great album. I get Listen, Alchemist, Alchemist is on there. Swizz is on there, uh, and, and you said it. Good Times is a standout single. A gangster and a gentleman with the Alchemist beat. Black Magic is my shit. That was a dope song. Oh, I'm surprised. I just, I'm surprised QG didn't go after me on that one. What? <laughs> what? Good times. No oh, good times. <laughs> oh man. Oh whoa. Oh wait. 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 You talking about the Rockefeller <laughs> disc? <right? laughs> you talking about with Rockefeller disc jazz on? Jazz on. I know. I know. A little sidebar. Freeway came with one of the best opening <laughs> lines that we've ever heard. You, you like, like the, the beer? Jay dropped the bed. It's forty and broke. Oh God. Terrible. <laughs> But when you get, but when you get to Sheik, Sheik's first album came out in 2003. His debut, Walk With Me. Mm. Now the issue here, the issue here is, and E, you could probably back me up. What standout singles do you have from Walk With Me? None off the top of the head. <laughs> and that is the problem. When you exactly. think of Jadakiss. You could think of his standout singles, not just off Kiss the Game Goodbye, but also on The Last Kiss and all these other records. With Styles P, it's the same thing. Now, the only thing that stands out to me with um, anything involving Sheik. Now, mind you, anytime they get together to do freestyles, it's great. They go off. I'm talking about on the radio and everything like that. Mm -hmm. It's that song, Everywhere We Go, People Want to Know Who We Are, So We Took. Who's whose album is that on? Which one? You know, everywhere we go, people. Want that might be on Sheik's album, I, no? I thought and, that and, was D Blocks. And, and I and I and I thought that was on Sheik's album. This is also part of the problem. Who's doing the hook? Jada. And that stands out more than anything else. Sheik, as good as he is. He's a hardcore rapper, hard style rap. Production style is hardcore. He doesn't have the, the crossover marketing appeal. And I felt that was the problem. But and no shade to him. No shade to him. They're still a group. They're still together. What do you guys think? I, nah. I, I, think, I think the same thing. Because when you look at certain um, members of Styles P and Jada Kids, they always got thrown around on other songs but when you actually hear Sheik on features it's mostly with the locks he's right. not they don't right. really grab him as a collective only like Jadakiss John Blaze he's yes. good Styles P and Jadakiss they on band from TV mm -hmm. you even Jadakiss even appear on a freaking Maya record yeah that's the thing and and and, and again the and, and 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 you pointed it out you heard them together on Reservoir Dogs. They all killed it. You yep. heard them together on Niggas Done Started Something. All killed it. All of them. You, you know heard what I them think? together on Blackout. 
You know what I think? The also, I'm a, I'm a, I might rub people the wrong way. I think what also made it crazy was when Jada Kiss did the verse on All About the Benjamins. I think that's what set the tone there. You think so? Partially, a little bit of a snippet of what you was said. You may be on to something because when you think about it, Jada Jada went in and 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 also also Sheik. Sheik did good as well, but and Styles was even on that song. Right, Styles wasn't on that song. Even it's though tough. even it's though Sheik will tell you that you pussied in RuPaul, but still. <laughs> yeah. But you know what else too? And and again, let's point it out. Beef. We always talk about Jadakiss versus Beanie Siegel. And mm-hmm. even though Styles P got involved in it, Styles did jump into it. Sheik was also in it, but he also wasn't really in it. Did he right. say any names? Did he really get involved and stuff like that? Jada was going all out. Styles was going all out. Only until the beef with 50 and G unit, that's when you got Sheik really starting to call 50 out. Like I was listening to the song, maybe if I sing earlier today. And yeah. that was off Sheik's that was off Sheik's After Taxes album. But is there anything else from After Taxes that you could really think of? Nah. Nah, really, no. And that's the unfortunate thing about Sheik Looch. But Sheik is great in his own right, talented always. But Jada and Styles, mostly Jada, stands out. Especially with features. Especially with features. Come on. And another one, he was. Jada got Nas records to his credit. Yep. Show discipline. Come on. Show discipline. Made you look remixed with Ludacris. Yep. And, and you know, they've also worked with the same producers, like Vinny Idol was doing Sheik stuff and Alchemist as well. Yeah. I feel like Sheik is like Tobias Harris and like Jada and Styles are Embiid and Simmons. Ah, <laughs> that's a perfect that's okay. a perfect analogy. And you know what else we got? We got a Fat Joe record, My Lifestyle Remix. Jada just destroyed it. Killed that shit. And, and since you mentioned those two, they were on the New York, New York song with Ja Rule. Right. They, I'm from New there's York. Another one. There's, Jada Kiss was all over the place. He's like, I'm so cool. I could probably snatch Chili from Usher in Atlanta with no jewels. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was wrong. That was rude. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if I'm not mistaken, did um she, did he have a verse when they went on the Mariah Carey song? I know um, Jada had one. You talking about the... I don't think the, she... What was that? The Honey remix? Yeah. I don't know if she yeah. had Oh, yeah, he did. He did. Sheik, Sheik, I don't... No. No, he didn't. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I don't no. think he had a verse on the yeah. And if he did that shows you, you know, we know Jada's verse. And even Styles, right. we know Styles is on it. Jada was first. Styles went after him. Oh, I got another song we forget. Right Where You Stand. Oh, come on now. There oh, we go. Man. Killed it on the yeah. Gangsta Star record. <laughs> Jadakiss says he's top five dead or alive. Jadakiss Jadakiss put himself out there, and he's proven that by saying he's been on features and records with great rappers, and he's held his own every single time. And he has. Facts. That's, 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 that's Jada for you, you know what I mean? Like, But... So the good would news you say is they could do that and come together? What's up? Would you would you say Jada is the most successful member of the three? Yep. Yeah, most definitely. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, no, no distance to Styles P and Sheik, but that by a landslide, yes. Granted, look that at Styles, 
Look how many look how many albums Styles came came out with. Styles got a lot of albums out. He does. Styles gets it in. So you so you so you putting Styles second. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'd have to put Styles second. I would have to. Styles got Pharmacy for Life. I know that does good for him. Mm-hmm. Yes. They got they got these businesses, man. They got these juice shops. Yeah, the juice bar. Yep. Yeah, they're doing they're doing fantastic with that. They, they've been really on their health thing. Like Styles looks mm-hmm. great. He lost a lot of weight. Yeah. Yeah. You know I knew he was. I knew he was on the was it marriage boot camp or something. Yeah, like he that? was. Yep. Him and his wife. Oh, they yeah. were on there for real. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, my wife watches that show. Mm. It's wow. good. It's cool. He has a lot of anger issues. I mean, for the way he rapped back then, of course. <laughs> Styles is a scary dude, bro. Come on, man. How do you come on? So I don't give a fuck who you are. So fuck who you are. Of course you're going to have anger issues. I mean, apparently he was, uh, and Jay-Z felt the way about that verse. He, he asked Jay to kiss, yo, was your man's coming at me with that verse? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, guys, you've heard Styles on the song, We Don't Give a Fuck. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. You heard what he said on that verse? Oh yeah. <sighs> he said, "Get the broomstick. These bitch ass niggas is getting raped." He was going Jeez. in. Yeah, he don't play with them. And but, the locks and the locks recently came out with their latest uh, album about a few months ago. It was a good album too. I enjoyed Yo. it. What was that track with Benny? Oh, that track with Benny the Butcher? Oh, my come God. Come on. Come on now. Yes. And we've talked about Benny on this show constantly. Yes. That 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 right there. Shout outs to Buffalo. Amazing, man. I, I love the Locks. They're one of my favorite groups. Anytime. I mean, together, I mean, Buffalo's great. on the road since the Bills just won. I know that's sports, but hey. Yeah, squeak by today. Uh, yeah, the Bills. Nah, shout out. Shout outs to Buffalo. Shout outs to. Griselda, I know we bigged them up in our year in and, review. And you, and you know, I'm glad that we brought these 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 parts up because when you look at New York as a whole, we always talked about the boroughs and Long Island, but we never met. There was never any noise from either main, um, out of Westchester or upstate New York except Yonkers, which deals right. with what we're talking there about right go. now. And Mount Vernon. Mount and, Vernon. Oh, sorry. You know what? Thanks. And Mount Vernon. Everything else. No, until Buffalo has finally gotten the mix. And shout out to Mary J. Blige because she made it all possible for the locks. Yes, she did. Oh yeah, they they appeared on the Share Help Share My World album. Yes. All three of them. Yes. Don't uh don't don't get the locks upset or you get a refrigerator thrown through your window. <laughs> I mean, Jada has talked about that, and and again, shout out to DNY. You know, what I mean, DNY. You know, the Rough Riders bringing them in because you know when they were out from Bad Boy, I was wondering what was going to happen, and then once they once they came with We Are the Streets. I mean, can I be frank with you guys? I didn't like the song Wild Out. I'm sorry. Really? Wild I didn't out. like the hook. I hated the hook. Who did the hook? I thought it was a weird first Swiss single, beats. but hold on. It yeah. was a weird first single, E, right? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And Swizz, man. Swizz, what you doing? Millennium. <laughs> it's all the works. Well, thank God they followed up with Money, Power, Respect. Yeah. 
classic <laughs> album. Classic album in the Bad Boy catalog. But um, yeah, we 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 reached the end of the rope, fellas. Um, yep. Yes, sir. And every group, you're gonna have those who uh, don't catch on, and those who uh, get go up to new heights. I mean, in this group, you already know To. He on a whole another level because he get fan mail. But <laughs> it's the voice. Shout, shout, shout outs to Marcy from Dayton. Oh, there he go again with that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta play one of the. <laughs> hold on, wait, 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 wait. I was just listening to the song. I'm a soldier. Yo, Silk the Shockers first, first. What the hell was that? QG, you wanna explain that? Yo, why, Silk the Shocker don't have nothing to do with this entire episode. I need, I, I need I subtitles want, for Silk the Shocker. I, I warned your ass a few episodes ago about, about keep bringing that up. Bro, I yo, told you I was going to get your ass. What are you What are you upset for? It's a phenomenal achievement. I never got no mail like that. You never got no mail like that. I, I don't a phenomenal think Eric, achievement. I, I, nobody's written an email for Eric yet, but when they start writing emails, I don't think he's going to get an email for that. Like that. <laughs> Like, like you, hey, he's on a whole hey, level. Be, I got the voice. Don't get them started. No, <laughs> hey, Mac, <laughs> Mac, listen, Mac, you got, you don't have a fan. You have a stand. <laughs> so this is your opportunity. <laughs> In her I mean, window, and I can't see it all. Stop it. Just stop. I mean, I mean, I mean, Mac, Mac, Mac. Since wow. we're here, talk to her. Talk to her. Go ahead. Yeah, Here's say music. something. Go ahead. Talk to her. <laughs> All right. Well, I was mentioning about this a few episodes ago, and uh, <laughs> and you playing Secret Garden. I'm gonna kill you. Talk, talk to her. Here's your chance. Say what's up to her, man. But you gotta go to Barry White though. This is your chance to talk to your biggest fan. Go ahead. This is this is your background Yo, music. Right, She's right. listening right now. Talk to her. Yo, Marcy, I appreciate the true shadow. Unfortunately, what Al said when I wasn't here, I'm happily taken. But I appreciate you for even coming with that specific email. I will still make time for the show. Hey, 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 hey. I'm speaking, sir. You're going to turn it up loud. How dare you? What? That's nah. I'll be sure backing you up. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you you're gave me James fans, Ingram. So. You Jamie James Ingram, though. Yes, you got James Ingram part. You're the James Ingram of the group. Listen, listen, oh, listen, wait, listen, wait, listen. Wait, wait. I, I, oh, I got I got to hear this. So who is Alan E? Well, I mean, I mean, E, you've heard the secret garden, right? Yeah. All right. So which part do you think you you fit out of all the members of the group? Hmm. I don't know, man. Uh... <laughs> this is an R&B question on a hip-hop show. <laughs> <laughs> got to see where Al fits in, man. I'll just take whoever. I mean, Al got Al B. Shore, so that's a no-brainer. Of course. <laughs> that's, that's my namesake. <laughs> I guess you got Elder Barge. So you know what, E? E, you got Elder Barge from the DeBarge family, man. You got that dude, brother. Nah, nah, he's, nah, I'll take him. Nah, 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 he's E. DeBarge. That's E. DeBarge. <laughs> hey, why not? T.O. got to be Barry White because according to that email, she pictured your deep voice. Well, unfortunately, someone else wants to be Barry White. Hey, listen, I gave you James Ingram. <laughs> you were, you was running with James Ingram for a minute. I can't be no damn James Ingram. <laughs> shout out to James Ingram. Nah, nah, but for real, shout out to Marcy from Ohio. Actually, she was not the, that's like the second person from Ohio who came in the email, too. Yeah, and, um, but yeah, um, we, and we should do another Axe the Rap Lab. This will be E first one. 
Yeah, I told him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most yo, 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 Eric, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be prepared for them because some of these questions be coming out of left field. Oh, okay, okay. I mean, I well, just let everyone know I'm, I'm happily married. You know, I just want to get that <laughs> out. <of here. laughs> hey, he letting them know early. Gotta let him, let them know early. That's right. uh, you can give me a follow on Instagram and all that, but I'm happily married. Well, listen, since, since none of them will take, since none of them will take y'all, I'll take y'all, but y'all just got to send y'all a picture in the email to go with um, it, so I know. Um, so now, you, you sure about that? Listen, listen, hey, hey, listen, man, things is, I don't count my eggs for they, before they hatch, my man, I, I just put it like that, but. Uh, uh, so, 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 so basically, I get, I get us banned from Harlem. Matt gets the stand mail and all this other stuff. So, so, so you see, each of us have have levels to all this stuff on this show. Yeah, and I and I and I and I gotta play it. I gotta play it straight because you know we can't get banned or canceled in too many more. But places. listen, listen, listen. I'm not banned from no Harlem, and, and there's proof for that. Here's Hi. proof. Hey, you be right, nigga. Oh. Hey, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, with that being said. Cam is on the show. He here. He just said we're going to be all right. You heard him. Wait, 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 what you mean you ain't got nobody? What you mean you ain't eating? Nigga, turn around. Walk forward. <laughs> Shout out to Cam, man. I know I be getting on him about his Rockefeller days, but hey, he still made impact. Uh, shout out to Cam. Take your time, young man. That's not the only. Used to say, I don't know why he. Life. So you don't like uh, horse and carriage? Oh, actually, I shouldn't be answering that. I want the original. The remix, man. The remix. The remix was garbage. We'll debate I'm sorry. that. We're gonna I'm sorry, Big Pun. I'm sorry, Big Pun. You have to try to save that song. Pun did his thing. Everybody else, get him out. <laughs> wow. <sighs> well, with that being said, it's another episode of the Rap Lab. We're gonna be back next week. Y'all want me? To, y'all want me to tell the people what we're talking about next week? Is keep it a secret. Uh. Why not? You want to give guess. him a little preview? Go ahead. It's the infamous mob, the M-O-B-B. Oh, yeah, QB. The real mob deep. Not that blood money nonsense. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't wait for that part. That. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got to get to that. Oh, E, you got problems for that, too? Good. We're going to chew your ass out, Al. We're going to chew you out of this one. He's gonna keep it real. He's gonna keep it real about about Mob Deep because I, you know, Mob Deep is near and dear. That's that's home turf right there. Yeah, that's my backyard. You know what I'm saying? I got a lot of facts and info. He's gonna keep it real on that. Wow, been waiting Uh, on that one. Well, next next week, fellas, we we gonna talk some we gonna talk some Mob Deep and uh, y'all y'all think y'all gonna roast me, but I'm about to hit (laughs) y'all with the facts. No doubt. You could give us the facts. Anytime. We're still going to roast you. Yep. Okay. Well, I look forward to it. Same uh, same Rap Lab place, same Rap Lab time, same Rap Lab channel. We out. Peace. Peace.